Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. On today's episode, in the news desk, we have stories about ancient mummies, hole-in-ones, fake bread, and guitar heroes. In keeping with the theme of guitar heroes, we put our all-time favorite guitar players on our Mount Rushmore. We have a difficult choice in our Pick Your Poison segment, and we continue our Three Ninjas trilogy watch and review. We'll talk about the NFL's COVID outbreak and Cowboys misery on this episode of the Dad Lab Podcast. And before we get started, uh, again, I'm going to ask if we, a favor of all you guys, if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes and Apple Podcast. Um, and, you know, it really helps us while we're trying to get this thing off the ground and get it to grow. And uh, we appreciate everybody who's uh, who's reached out and, and left comments and and uh, ratings for us. Um, you can follow us on social media at the dad lab on Instagram and Twitter, and you can email us at the dad lab pod at gmail.com with any questions or comments you might have. So what's up, man? It's good to be back. feels good to be back. <laughs> Always feels good to be back. Favorite, favorite day of the week. Podcast day. Podcast day. So what have you been up to? Well, wife had big news she um had the grand opening of her new shop because they had to move locations yeah moved during the pandemic renamed it it's now the mosaic hideaway it's right there off west main for anybody that's you know in our area and um she opened it up so that it's a it's like a house that she shares with the yoga studio that she also teaches at so half the house is her yo- mosaic shop other half is a yoga studio so we had a grand opening ribbon cutting ceremony, you know, the local paper was out and everything. Yeah, I'm bummed we missed it. We tried to, I got bad information. I thought it was at 6.30, but it was that like was, at 4. That was probably me that told you that. And I was like, oh, we have time. We'll go pick up Landry. Yeah, and... it, was, it started at 2.30 or 3. It started at 3. Ribbon cutting was at like 4. Claire didn't leave until like 9 because they did like a, what they called like a moonlight yoga session outside. So and all that. But yeah, I took Elizabeth up there. Um, just way too many people for me. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm such an introvert. Don't like social gatherings, especially with people I don't know. And it's like the main focus was like the yoga studio because the, she set up like booths inside, like other yoga teachers that have like little side jobs. You know, like they sell candles, they sell crystals, like all this yoga esque stuff. So they were there with all their you know friends and family and just so many people around. And you know, I was just holding, I was just with Ellie the whole time. And then she wanted to play hide and seek with some other kids, which. Everyone else was cool with, but not me because she's running around with strangers hiding in weird places. So I was freaked out about that. And luckily my brother-in-law was there. I just hung out with, you know, I was with Ellie and my brother-in-law Dakota like the whole time. Just like avoiding human contact. Taco truck did show up. So I got some tacos. Was that good? That, that was, the, the the chicken was good. It was weird because it was almost like an orangish red chicken. Like I guess he seasoned it a certain he way. Probably used some cumin. Like I mean, the color was, something. I can't describe it. It was it was a different color of chicken. So flavorful, though. And then I got some brisket. Brisket can always be hit or miss, especially if it's not from, like, a barbecue shop. Brisket wasn't that good, but, you know, I'm just, you know, just supporting all those businesses. I, t- you know, I left Claire with, like, 20 bucks and she told her just to buy something from a few of the vendors. We were there for a few hours. I left with Ellie. We went to the park. So, it was, but it was cool with Claire, you know. She was really looking forward to it. She's really worked hard to get everything moved and set up. I'm really proud of her. And the shop's awesome. Y'all should come check it out sometime. The interior, the interior, like all exactly what she wanted. So it looks awesome inside. You know, like I said, the other half's a yoga studio that she teaches on Tuesday nights. 
and they have an outdoor area that they do yoga and she's just excited yeah we want to come back. check it out because lauren's always doing different kind of arts and crafts stuff with landry yeah, like Landry's tonight she's painting a pumpkin green and turning it into a creeper from uh minecraft oh, and she's yeah. paint she's spray, spray painted the pumpkin green and she's got other paints and her and landry that's what they're doing while we're recording is they're you know painting like uh the creeper character from minecraft that's awesome on a pumpkin and so she's always looking for crafts and you know we want to support you guys obviously she would love it it's just it's just good times to come up there and i'm out. gonna i really am gonna hit up uh Hit up Claire for the yoga. Um, yeah, we. I told you we'll do a little private session, just like me and you, and she'll teach us. Just be our instructor. We'll do it in the backyard. Yeah, and really chill environment. You know, I'm not comfortable fully talking about it uh, on the podcast yet, but you know, I, you know, because uh, you know, obviously we're we're really good friends. I, I battled um, some anxiety and depression over the summer, and. Um, so for that benefit, I really want to, I'm interested in yoga because I was talking to Claire last week, you know, and she was, she said, yeah, it definitely helps with all that stuff. Absolutely. And I'm willing to do anything to like try to, and I, I do, and if you're cool with it, I do want to do like maybe like a, like a mental health kind of episode. Maybe we could, you know, take questions or because I'm, I'm a huge advocate for it now. Um, obviously now that it, I'm affected, I've been affected by it and it's something I deal with kind of every day, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, we want to get by and let Landry pick a craft and, yeah. and do that and, you know, support Cause I really thought I heard it was like at six 30 and we, cause we I texted you that day. Yeah, yeah. I was going to come by. We were yeah, going to come house, by. And I was yeah. Like, you, yeah. Can, you can still go by, but did Jake ever show up? Cause I was, no, not, 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 not when I was there. We left at like five. Oh, okay. You know, and then she did, she, she stayed for about a couple more hours, but she doesn't know Jake personally. So she wouldn't be able to tell me if he did. Right, or not. right, right, right. I was going to ask, and I've kind of tiptoed around the subject, but with your wife being a yoga instructor, does that have like some added benefits? Like in the marriage? <laughs> that means we're not like, she doesn't do like the splits on me. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> but I mean, I mean flexibility it's never a Possibility, hurts. but I'd be like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> Like, I'm just happy to be here. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm down for whatever. I was just wondering. I mean, the flexibility and, you know, the bendiness, that's got to have some benefits for you. It doesn't hurt. I know that. Yeah, it never hurts. I mean, because a guy like me, there's only. I'm just laying flat on my back uh, and grinning the whole time. There's only a couple moves I can do. Right? Before you, like, cramp up. Yeah. (laughs) I'll get a Charlie Hoist horse in in my hamstring or something. Um, God, I've had that happen. I've, I've woken up from a Charlie horse, like out of a vivid dream yeah. and like just stretching and grabbing your leg. And It used to happen to me in high school, like after, um, after soccer games, like I'd be laying in bed that night and I would just roll out of bed with the bigot. My yeah, calf would could... be hard as a rock because I didn't stretch enough after. Cause you know, when you're 16, you're, you're invincible. Yeah. Yep. But I would wake up out of a dead sleep and my Absol- calf or my hamstring would be just hard as a rock and it would be the worst pain ever. Yep. But that hadn't happened to me in a while, but, uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, so yeah, no, my week, uh, my dad, he, he's had a bad hit now for oh, over a decade and he finally had hip replacement surgery yesterday. Um, everything went, went well. Um, he was actually in rehab today already a day after so he's that's wild that it can be a day after it's the technology I know, that's awesome it's, i thought it was gonna be like a week's weeks of no, progress no he had a uh, he had a therapy session in the morning he had a he's already home or is he, he still there uh, no rehabbing? and i told you he kind of had an issue uh a few hours after the after the surgery so that kind of set everything back or he would have been home today okay. but they're gonna keep him one more night he's got one more um 
therapy, physical therapy session in the morning, and then he's probably going to get out in the after tomorrow That's afternoon. Awesome. But yeah, this technology nowadays, a lot of guys, a lot of people are actually up and walking that day. So um, just a matter of time for he's the grandpa from Three Ninjas out here kicking ass. <laughs> uh, it's, but it's going to be good because. You know, there for a while, you know, if you don't have mobility, you really don't have much of a life. Yeah, d- totally depend on everyone. Nobody wants to be like that. Yeah, and so he's going to get his life back. He's going to be able to, you know, spend, you know, do things with, you know, his grandkids yeah. and my important son, you know, stuff. Yeah. important stuff. Yeah, and uh, like if we went to Target or somewhere, he'd have to get one of those carts. He actually had the ball and the joint were completely gone, and then he had a hairline fracture in his, that like, so in his like hip. Sure, every step he took just... Yeah, and he, he he had a cane, and you could tell when he walked, you know, he there was something wrong. But he's all good. He's getting that fixed, um, so he's all good. good. Other than that, uh, I had some of the Lord's Chicken tonight for dinner. Went to Chick-fil-A. Oh, I thought that was a new spot. I was like, <laughs> no. man, that sounds good. No, no, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. That is that's some of that Lord, that's that's Lord's Chicken. That's you get to Lord's Chicken. And I'm telling you, if the country or... Any other business was ran by Chick Fil A, we'd be a much we did in much it'd better be shape. Utopia. It'd be Utopia. So when I pulled in, the line was, and if you're not from Waxhatchee, this isn't going to make sense, but it was almost wrapped around to like Johnny Carino's next door. Probably a good twenty cars deep. Oh, more than that. Yeah. And they had people like four or five per. They had two lines, four or five per line, and they were taking orders. And that thing they walk around with like a tablet with, the, come up to your with car. the iPad. Yeah. And yep. that thing didn't stop. Like that, the line didn't stop. Like she was walking, taking my order, and it was just boom, boom, boom. And I was in, I was, because when I pulled up, I was like, come on, babe, let's go somewhere else. She's like, no, 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 just watch. Yeah, trust me. And we didn't spend eight minutes, 10 minutes in that line. And they're the nicest people. Yeah, my pleasure. God. They really, and they really got the order so right, sweet. you know, and bunch of sweethearts. It was good. Way. And so, yeah, we had some, we had some uh, Chick fil A, which uh, is never bad. Too long. It's never yeah. bad. It's always good. I got a burnt out there, on it there for a little bit just because that's where Landry wanted to eat all the time because mm-hmm. it's his diet is ninety five percent chicken and French fries, like chicken nuggets or chicken strips and French fries. Yeah. Um. But uh, it was good. And other than that, just work. You know, helping helping my dad get ready for his surgery and then taking care of stuff at his place and um, just work. We had a. I was up at the restaurant till like eleven thirty last night. We had people working on the vent. Oh, well, we had work. people working at I was the. Say, I didn't know y'all stayed over there. No, late. no, we uh, we had people cleaning and working on the vent hood. So um, oh, that reminds me, dude. Just a side note: my dad's camper got stolen. From I his know storage spot. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't. That's know. why we I went to, to reach out to you. That's what reminded me. We were gonna go work on his vent hood for his camper, and we pulled up. My dad's like, "Oh, I hope it's still here." He goes, motherfucker, where's my, where's my camper? He's like, "I was just kidding." Oh, I meant to reach out to you because everybody was kind of reaching out to you. I meant to, but. Uh, obviously that sucks that's terrible yeah, it's gone dude that just reminded me of so i didn't mean to cut you off i was like yeah that's something important to have in this week never even got to use it he put bought bought it for three grand probably put another two grand into it plus countless hours and we were planning on taking it out soon i mean he did like a lot of exterior and interior work like it was clean and then somebody just broke the lock jumped on 45 and they're gone probably we think it's on a deer lease somewhere in texas you know probably like east texas and somewhere. they'll never find it fuck no never find it and the place didn't have cameras no and on the website it says like they have cameras and it's secure and it'll be leave it you'll leave it or it'll be here just how you left it like almost like quoting it from their website and my dad was like they're just giving him the run around he had to file a police report but he's like he's come to terms he was really mellow about it because he knows like nothing he can do about it. Whereas me, I was like freaking out. I was like, "This is bullshit. What are we gonna do?" He's like, "Nothing. What am I? What am I supposed to do about it? I can't just make it appear." 
So he that took it sucks. like a champ, but I know he's bummed out. And it's his birthday this week. Nah. Man, I, I was going to be a dick and buy him like a little model RV camper. I'd be like, <laughs> Dad, I got you a camper for your birthday, but he wouldn't think that's funny. So, oh, shit. Sorry, Dad. That's hilarious. Uh, I mean, that's a bummer. but um, <laughs> That's a hilarious bummer. That would be hilarious if you bought him a model. Yeah. Or a little toy <laughs> RV I thought or about camper. It, but, I mean, buying for your dad is tough. I'm just going to give him like a Lowe's gift card and like some Coors Light. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, that's what he wants. You know, yeah. I can't. I can't get him a new camper. Well, I mean, I could, but I had to like finance it for ten years. <laughs> and be a hell of a gift. And hell, I got my mom a book and a. Hey, candle. Dad, you're good for the next decade. Yeah, for no real. Christmas, no birthday, nothing. Oh, uh, well, that's terrible. Um, so with that, let's get into the news desk. In this first story, the headline reads: "Ancient mummies unearthed in Egypt after more than twenty six hundred years." And this story comes from NBC News. And like I said, this is uh, this is in Egypt, and the story reads, more than 2,600 years after they were buried, archaeologists in Egypt said Saturday they had found at least 59 ancient coffins in a vast necropolis south of the ca- country's capital, Cairo, one containing the pristine mummy of an ancient priest. The ornate, the ornate sarcophagi had remained unopened since they were entombed near the famed steppe period of Djoser in Saqqara according to Egypt's Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities. Uh, A sealed door was also unearthed where it is expected more mummies may lie behind, said Khalid El-Anai, the Minister of Antiquities and Tourism, adding that the artifacts were were in an excellent state of preservation and would be displayed in the Grand Egyptian Museum next year. So that's pretty cool, but I'm just saying, 2020 isn't the year to be opening these things. Yeah, I've seen a Brendan Fraser movie. I've seen like, all we don't need any, like, they're going to open it up and, like, the plague is going to be I, unleashed. I don't know why they even want to fuck with them. Like, let, they've been there for 2,600 years, let them stay. Don't open it, not not this year, not ever. Nothing has ever good come from untombing in, like, an, an, an Egyptian, like, No, that's how a bunch whatever. of movies start. Yeah, that's how all... Terrible, scary movie start. The story continues. Hundreds of mummified animals, birds, and crocodiles, as well as two mummified lion cubs were found in the region last year. How insane is that? There are almost 3,000-year-old animals and people being unearthed today. Nope. I'm um, out. They see. should get the consent of, like, they should take, like, world population before they decide to untomb the, or, un, you know, open them up and all that, because that's a nope for me. Yeah, I just 2020 isn't the year. If y'all want to do it next year <laughs> or something, let's just wait because we can't deal with anything like anymore. No, dude, we're just no. We're staggering right now. We're waiting for that bell to ring so we can go to our corner for 2021. Because remember, like right after COVID hit, they were like, "Here are the mor- murder hornets." Yeah, like I like how they had the decency. Like, mm, y'all got some shit going on. We'll wait. Like, we'll come back. Because, like, you heard about it for a little bit, and then they just kind of disappeared. I think they kind of realized what was going on. Like, I think they have enough going on. Yeah, we, we'll come back. We'll come back next year. We'll, we'll just, we'll be back. But the, you do not need to open these things. And they may have already been opened. And this may have been, I may have a, a little bit later. Yeah, a later uh, story. Um, but, yeah, they don't need to open these things. No, I, I, I'm a suspicious guy, or a superstitious guy. I believe in that. I think nothing will good com- will come from that. No. No. So this leads us to our next story and I think you've got you've got that. I've got that. This one's a barefooted John Daly drained a hole in one at a charity golf tournament because of course he did. 
And, of course, it's brought to you by CNN, the world leader and all the important news. It's barefooted John Daly did what John Daly does this week when he delighted a group of fans by draining a hole-in-one at a charity golf tournament. Federal club golf professional Joshua Price just so happened to be recording at the moment when Daly stepped up to the 11th hole tee box in Glen Allen, Virginia, to take his swing at Monday's Bone Frog Open to benefit fallen U.S. Navy SEALs. The two-time major champion confidently squared up wearing no shoes, no hat, his shirt untucked, and sent the ball headed straight to the hole about 130 yards away. Seconds later, cheers and high fives. Daly turned to remark, that makes 11 of them mother... <laughs> nearly cutting, nearly adding on a slur, but quickly caught himself. The professional golfer revealed last month that he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. That took a dark turn. Daly announced he went underwent a procedure to remove the cancer, but said there's an 85% chance of it returning. Luckily for me, they caught it early, but bladder cancer is something that I don't know all the details. But it doesn't look like it may go away. We'll just have to see what happens. Maybe there's a miracle, Daly said. Golf Pro, Golf Pro Price, who witnessed the moment, told CNN that Daly seemed to be doing well and in good spirits. And the 54-year-old swing looked as the same as it always has. It's just silky smooth. The guy's an absolute machine. It's unbelievable, said Price. Noting that Daly was nice to everyone at the course, just an amazing human being. And I do, I do have some audio of the uh, of the hole in one. Oh boy, here we go. He golfs apparently. Oh, oh my goodness! John Daly. Oh, Gator. So, how, how much would you give to play a round of golf with John Daly? Oh, I think if you, you know, if you give me the choice of catching a football from Troy Aikman or <laughs> playing one on one with Michael Jordan or playing around with John Daly, I think I'd pick John Daly hands I down. Because do. I think the reason he's so likable is obviously he's got talent, you know, but I think he is, we just relate to him so well because that's every one of us on the golf course. Yeah. I like can... nine round, nine hole by the, by, by hole 10, we're all barefoot, drunk with cigarettes, Cigars, and we're just bombing yeah. shit down the down the fairway. And he can do it, you know? And there's all these stories about him being at Hooters the night before, just pounding beers. You know, he had no filter. Um, he just, he's a legend. And Absolutely. he's just one of those one-of-a-kind personalities that it just has that electricity and that magnetism to him. That just draws people in. He's just—he's one of a kind. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I would rather—I would rather play around of golf with Daly than a one-on-one with Jordan. Even if Jordan took it easy on me, he would still just be too competitive, dunk on me, hang his nuts on me, take my lunch money, you know, just make me feel like shit. Whereas Daly, we would just get along. He'd so bro well. down. You'd yep. eat some chicken wings, drink Absolutely. a case of probably and then Keystone, we would play golf and then you'd play golf <laughs> yep and then we do the same thing at the back nine and yeah man just a legend like you said like i hope he beats this cancer fuck cancer give him hell john yeah uh we're praying for him for sure um so our third news item of the day uh that's the uh headline reads subway bread isn't bread irish court says what a shocker 
And this is uh, this comes from the Associated Press, um, and it reads: Ireland Supreme Court has ruled that bread sold by the fast food chain Subway contains so much sugar that it cannot legally be defined as bread. Wow. The ruling came in a da- tax dispute brought by Bro- Bookfinders Limited, an Irish Subway franchisee, which argued that some of its takeaway products, including teas, coffees, and heated sandwiches, were not liable for value-added tax. A panel of judges rejected the appeal Tuesday, ruling that the bread sold by Subway contains too much sugar to be categorized as a staple food, which is not taxed. Um, The law makes a distinction between bread as a staple food and other baked goods, which are or approach confectionery or fancy baked goods. So they're saying their bread should be in the same category as like cookies, brownies, (laughs) cake, and pie. That's crazy. Like... I knew, and we'll we'll do a Mount Rushmore and subs because you know for both of us subs are near and dear to our hearts. Oh, I love a good sub. Um, Subway is the it's Mc, a ta- it's it, a Taco Bell. It's the yes, it's the yep. McDonald's of sandwiches. It's the Denny's of sandwiches. It is <laughs> terrible now. Pre Jared, and this may be one of those cases where it was just better because we were young. But I feel like. Pre Jerry, back in the day, Subway was really good. And then somewhere, uh, what I say, Jerry? I Jared. read your shirt. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jerry. Yeah, pre Jared. Um, Jared Fogle. It was better. And then somewhere around that turn, they, they got super huge. And then I don't know, or maybe I just got older and my palate developed a little bit. It's just it's shit food. Probably just got influenced by money. Like I guarantee you, the way they make their bread is probably cheaper than. You know, they found a way to cut a corner and mass produce this at a cheaper cheaper price for max quality or mass quantity. It, it really be just is shit food. Why, yeah. Um, it is. And I've always heard, like, don't get their tuna. You know, if, if it's later in the day, it's probably from, like, the la- you know yesterday's tuna. And it's just sketchy. So if you're going to get a good sub, just do yourself a favor and don't go to Subway. Uh, the story continues. Subway disagreed with the characterization in a statement. Quote, Subway's bread is, of course, bread, the company said in an email. We have been baking fresh bread in our restaurants for more than three decades, and our guests return each day for sandwiches made on bread that smells as good as it tastes. Um, It smells so good because it's loaded with sugar. Yeah, it's like baking cookies. They'll smell delicious out of the oven. with sugar. And I have another story connected to this from, I think it was 2004, and the... Headline reads, Subway to remove dough conditioner chemical from bread. So it reads, take a look at the ingredients for some varieties of Subway's bread and you'll find a chemical that may seem unfamiliar and hard to pronounce. And I'm going to try here. Azod carbon amide. To To say this word, you would emphasize the syllable bon... But the attention the chemical has been getting has not been good. Besides bread, the chemical is also found in yoga mats and shoe soles to add elasticity. They had to be taken to the court to court to have this crap removed. Even though this ing- ingredient is safe, we are removing it from Subway bread. This is a process began last year and is nearly completed. We have developed an improved bread formula, conducted extensive performance and consumer testing on it, and pending final government approvals, we should complete the entire conversion within the coming weeks, Subway said in a statement. They contradicted themselves there. If it's safe, why are you removing it? Right. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. So if, if y'all need any more evidence, 
to never go to Subway again, besides the fact that their bread is loaded with sugar. They at one point had a chemical that adds elasticity to shoes and yoga mats, and they had a pedophile spokesperson. Yeah, it just piles on. Here like, you go. Just do so. Go to Jersey Mike's or Firehouse. What about Quiznos? You see Quiznos anymore? I don't see Quiznos anymore. I used anymore. to love Quiznos. They used to have one here in town. Yeah, we used to have one off of, I think it was Polk, like in Duncanville. That's mm-hmm. one I would go to. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, just don't go to Subway. It's yeah. terrible. Um, I make you, my own subs, man. I love making subs for the week. I don't make subs uh, on I make sub like rolls. An, I do. I make like an Italian oh, okay. sub. On a, I buy it from H-E-B, cut it in half, gut it like you would, Yeah. put some pesto on it, all the meats there and you cheeses. Go. I do. I love a homemade sandwich, and just on you know white or wheat or whatever. And I do turkey now. Here's the twist: I do the you know mayonnaise or mustard, what I'm feeling that day. But I put Doritos on there and then smush the squinch. Dude, it's so good. (laughs) Get some nacho cheese Doritos in your sandwich. So try it, man. It probably twenty years ago. Hey, hey. It's good. Don't don't hate on me. Um, you got our last segment, last our last story. news story. Last story. Rock and roll icon Eddie Van Halen died on Tuesday. R.I.P. After a lengthy ba- lengthy battle with cancer, he was 65. The legendary guitarist was in a great deal of pain in his final days. Sources close, I guess, like his son. Van Halen's son Wolf confirmed the news of his death on Tuesday in somber tweet. I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward, Edward Lodwig Van Halen, lost his long and arduous battle with cancer this morning, he wrote on Twitter. He was the best father I could have ever asked for. Every moment I shared with him, on stage and off stage, was a gift. My heart is broken, and I don't think I'll ever fully recover from this. Uh, one source close to the famed rock star opened up to People Magazine about his battle in his final days, claiming that his throat cancer existed for years, but it wasn't until the, his last days that he suffered a rapid decline. Yeah, I was reading, um, when I was doing research, I was kind of reading, uh, I was clicking around on different stories, and um, I think they Eddie had uh, done an interview um Ah, okay, here it is. It says, I used metal picks. They're brass and copper, which I always held in my mouth in the exact place where I got the tongue cancer, he said at the time. Plus, basically, I lived in a recording studio that's filled with electromagnetic energy. So that's one theory. I mean, I was smoking and doing a lot of drugs and a lot of everything, but at the same time, my lungs are totally clear. That's just my own theory, but the doctors say it's possible. Yeah. So that's nuts. I think man. It, I think it might have been the drugs and the probably and smoking. You can see these videos of him playing live, like, and he would have he would come out to like do his because back in the day, like rock bands were like way cooler, and like the guitarist would just come out for like a ten minute solo, and he would light a cigarette, start playing a little bit, and then put it like up by where you know you tune it up there and the strings up there, and then just keep playing and the cigarettes burning, and he'd pull it out, take a drag, put it back up there and sit it, and he'd light another one. Guy was just always smoking, so so I mean, it and, sucks. But just caught up to him. And I'm gonna go ahead and get my what I'm, the music portion of what I've been listening to this week out of the way right here. And I've been jamming Van Halen, yeah. Um, because they just had so many, they had so many good songs. Jump, um, Panama, Panama, yeah. Uh, they just had so many. Um, and before anybody, I mean, nobody's going to write in other than Troy. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on Van Hagar. Like, it's 
Van uh, Sammy Hagar, get out of here. David Lee Roth or nothing for me. Yeah, um, I can I can agree with that. But no, uh, Van Halen. They're obviously legends, and Eddie Van Halen specifically. Um, he, he's just a legend, and we we lost a good one. Um, you got anything else on this? I was one? gonna say cool too. I didn't realize all the way back formed in 1974 in Pasadena, and it just talks about how this California rock band helped knock disco off the charts, starting with the late 70s with their self-titled debut album. So that's another reason just to love Van Halen for getting disco dead and gone. And then one one other thing when I was researching, you know the guitar solo and beat it, Michael Jackson yeah, beat it. That was him. That was him, and he did it in one take, dude. He did it take. live in one take. What a fucking legend. He only did it once, and it was that perfect, and they. They went with <laughs> they it. Went, yep, that's perfect. We don't. Well, thanks, Eddie. You're yeah, good. and he didn't. He never wanted money for it. He never got paid for it. He would have. He would have banked on royalties for that. He never. He he didn't want it. And I was reading about how. Um, he had quotes about Michael Jackson, just what respect he had for for Michael Jackson, and what a musician and performer and artist he was. And um, you know, Steve Vai came out, and was talking about, you know, Eddie. Eddie Van Halen this week and how very, very, very few people kind of knew the real Eddie Van Halen. So, you know, obviously, you know, he, he took it hard. Um, but yeah, so we lost a good one this week. And, uh, like I said, in the opening, keeping, keeping with the guitar hero and our, our kind of guitar player theme in our Mount Rushmore this week, we've got our Mount Rushmore of our favorite guitar players. Um, so I'm gonna let you start. You want to go back and forth? We can go back and forth. First one I got, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, he's kind of like, I guess you could say like Chuck Berry might be like the godfather of like, you know, just tearing a guitar open, but I think it's Jimmy. I mean, you heard the story, he's left-handed, but his first guitar he ever got was like a right-handed guitar. Yep. So he had to like hold it upside down and... You know, once he got out, I think he went to the Air Force. Got he, out was the Air in, Force he was in the Army. Army. And just, you know, self-taught himself mm -hmm. like a true badass and then went on to just, like, melt the faces of millions. You know, started his own band. He had his own recording studio, that Electric Lady or Electric Ladyland. So he's on mine, so I'll just we'll, we'll, I'll just kind of piggyback. Yeah, we can just piggyback. So if you got yours, just keep going off Jimmy. Yeah, um, just he had Hey Joe, Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, The Wind Cries Mary. I mean, those are just four. Songs that get covered in today by a famous artist you know still and, loved and, and people how many people has he shaped and and uh and and kind of um inspired and he's just he's one of the legends what else can you say I, I how did he get over to liverpool because liverpool kind of claims him over what? in england and i, I want to say he spent some time over there and i I think we're going to make t-shirts that say I didn't do the research or I need to do the research. <laughs> research but, next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um he spent some time over in England. Um Well, if that's the case, then we'll take But he was born in Seattle. Yeah. He started in the US Army. But somehow Liverpool um Liverpool claims him. Um but yeah, I don't know. Um, but he's just he's he's a legend, and I have a feeling we're going to share quite a few. Yeah, um, we're going to share quite a few. I, th on I this. got I got one that that you definitely. I've have. got one probably that you don't have, and well, then we'll see. And then I've got honorable mention that I know you don't have that really just got into my personal, okay. uh, my personal kind of favorite bands and and stuff like that. But uh, my my first one on my list is Stevie Ray Vaughan. 
Yep, he was second on my list. Okay. Which they're not in order. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're just, but but order Jimmy I and Stevie written. would be my one too. Yeah, written down. Um, he's, I put on here. He's he's local and he's my personal favorite. Yeah, well, he's good enough. He's from Oak Cliff, yep. and my dad went to junior high with him. Yeah, they went cool. to Stalker Junior High, and my dad said back even in junior high, you know, his classic look like he had like the buckskin kind of look jacket with like the frills hanging off of it. Like he always in the bell bottoms. Like he always had that. In the hats, yeah, the hats, you know, kind of like he just kind of had that look. And dad, my dad said, like he had that look going all the way back to junior high. And my dad always tells a story about the football players one day picked him up and folded him like a lawn chair and stuffed him in a trash can in the lunchroom and then dumped their trays on him. So my dad walked over there, and not not to say my dad was a badass, but my dad he kind of ran in a tougher crowd and he, he knew how to take care of himself. So dad said he kind of ran the He didn't run him off, but he's like, Hey, get, the, get out of here. He picked Stevie out of the trash can. And he's like, Steve, you know, if you didn't dress like that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get picked on. Right. And dad said, he just said, yeah, I'm not going to change. He's like, it is what it is. Rock that style for the next twenty years until yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you Fucking know, he's he's an Oak Cliff boy. Um, like my parents, you know, they grew up in Oak Cliff. Um, Texas Flood. Um, Pride probably Joy. Pride and Joy. Probably one of my favorites yeah. ever. Ten Pin Ten Pin Alleys might be my favorite. And if you ever get a chance, if you ever get curious, if you're going thirty five north up up toward Dallas, you got Laurelland right there. Yeah, it's Buried. Yeah, you, you can go my, in there. My father in law, who's because my dad's the biggest. Stevie fan I knew my father-in-law was like the second just by coincidence he's buried like less than 100 yards from him so when we go see her oh, okay. father, my father-in-law Claire's dad we'll like oh, shit let's go find Stevie yeah and people are spot. throwing guitar picks yeah, on there all the time always, there's always something there for him usually yeah. guitar picks like you said but yeah there's always something to to remember him by I mean guy's a fucking legend homegrown legend and he's got a brother um, Jimmy Jimmy and yep. he's still playing yep. you know you, 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 yeah you can catch him around around you Dallas you find good like cover bands yeah. we, me and my dad saw a band called Voodoo Child and it was a guy from like Argentina but he had the same look played almost as good guitar as him and then sang just like him we were like that's the greatest cover artist it's I've like the seen. dude who the, who Journey got yeah that sounded because I love Journey People make fun of me, but I love Journey, and I love Steve Perry. And if you told me that there was a guy out there, and if I shut my eyes, you could hear Steve you could Perry. hear. I'd be like, mm, you're no, no, you're nuts. But that little Asian dude, <laughs> yeah, he's like a little Asian guy. He for, wasn't belts he from it. like Vietnam? Yeah, he belts it, man. Sounds he is so on. good. I love Journey. Yeah, um, Allison Chains kind of the same way. They replaced, yeah. uh, and he was a. I believe he was a black dude replacing Lane Stanley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Close your eyes, same thing, dude. You'd be like, yeah, that's yep. Lane Stanley. Um, who's your, uh, who's your third? I'm going to save my wild card for okay. the end. So uh, I will uh, too. Cause I think, <laughs> so, I think we're going to go three for three here. Is it Jimmy Page? It's Jimmy Page. Yeah. I was going to say arguably the guitarist for like, I would say the greatest rock band of all time. Yeah. The only one that would revival that for me is Black Sabbath. Cause I'm a big Black Sabbath fan, but if you can't go wrong with it, any Led Zeppelin, you know, all the way up until what was it? Like Coda was like their ninth album. Like mm-hmm. all their albums are solid. That's like when, like I was saying with Jay, that's when guitar songs would have like a fucking five minute solo break for the for guitarist, sure. you know, and you would just be like everybody, his moment to step up. And then everybody would go get a drink or yeah. a cigarette or yeah, whatever. Smoke, you yeah. know, and like th- that's when like I loved like music back then, man. Cause now when you hear like a good solo on a, on the radio, you'd be like, it's so rare. But back in the day, it would be like an eight minute song with like, it was almost, it was solo. almost a prerequisite 
when in the writing process. Yeah, like, like okay, you knew this is it was where coming. It's gonna go. Yeah, it's gonna go right here between this chorus. You 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 take over Jimmy for a little bit, or even uh, John Bonham, their drummer, which is in my opinion is like the greatest drummer of all time. He would do like a you know Moby Dick's nothing but a huge drum solo. I just I love and it, we got to do a Mount Rushmore and drummers too. I, I would doubt, yeah. John Bonham, number one. Neil Peart is the best fucking drummer ever. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, I think it's Family Guy, where it's Chester the Cheeto, and he's like, sn- he's snorting Cheeto dust. He's like, Neil Peart's the best fucking drummer ever. And he snorts a line of Cheeto dust and rams his head through a table. <laughs> um, but uh, going back to John Bonham, his son, Jason Bonham, he's, he's really good too. Yeah. Um, okay, so who's your wild card? You go, oh, you want my wild card? Here's your wild card. My wild card is a man by the name of Tosin Abasi from Animals as Leaders. Oh shit, those guys are technical as fuck. He, um, he, his, his band is Animals as Leaders. He was also in Born of Osiris. I don't know if you've ever heard of Born, no. as, Born I, I of I really Osiris. like Animals as Leaders though, but I've never um, heard them. But uh, he was he's classically trained, so he went to the he went to Atlanta Institute of Music that, and yeah. and something. But he he knows every kind of discipline and style of guitar, and you can hear it a lot. I mean, a lot of times he sounds like he's, and he plays an eight string. So a lot of times, wow, like tough. sometimes, like he he sounds like, you know, you hear some Spanish guitar, you hear like some classical guitar, and Just then trained in everything, yeah, and then he will melt your face with these arpeggios and these sweeps and just this gnarly metal progressive metal sound um but he he's just he's a badass are they if, still they still put yeah out? yeah they've got a new album awesome. either that just came out or is going to come out you know with covid everything kind of went you know i can't wonky. wait for all the new music and movies, movies and tv out. once everything kicks back up because i figure all these people are just writing the yeah because that's one thing i didn't mention in what i've been up to but i'm one of the f- four or five people that still are watching walking dead um (laughs) it's uh, i've been watching it i think think my parents still watch i've been watching it for almost a decade um it came on in uh, 2010 i remember dude that was a huge that was like everyone would stop down and watch it yeah i'd watch my parents ryan would walk that's when ryan me and my me and Ryan both still live with our parents. Ryan would just like ride his bike over, well, Ryan, drink some would, whiskey, and watch Walking Dead. We would Dead have all night. we would have parties Sunday night, like me, yeah, my brother like, Britaker, yeah, lots of people would, and yeah. Ryan. We would grill out, drink beer, smoke, and watch Walking Dead. Did you ever go to Granada Theater? They mm-hmm. would have viewing parties every Sunday. No, um, and I'm a big fan of the comics. I've read the comics. Yeah, and I, I did up until a certain. They were just too expensive for me. I've got all the compendiums, so if you want to finish it, I've got everything. I think I got like the first like ten volumes. I've they were really everything. nice, though. I mean, like They're hardback. Good awesome detail yeah they're good and, and it the story was, good. was great but it was just like that was when i was probably still like i said working it went else. it went down um it went down to like season seven and eight like the back like six the back half of six seven and eight were pretty bad um it was just it was bad but i held on because you know i liked the show um and when that's when they introduced negan who was played by jeffrey dean morgan oh yeah and they just they did hit they did it him all wrong um but season nine and ten really rebounded. They got a new showrunner for nine and ten, and so on Sunday, um, they had the penultimate episode of season ten back in March when everything went went down you know, with COVID, yeah. and so that delayed the season finale until last Sunday. 
Well, and they so just did the they just did the finale for season 10. And uh, so Should I, be I watched that. Should be anticipating in a season 11? Yeah, season 11 is going to be the last one. Oh, for real? Yeah. I was going to ask when they're finally wrapping it. Yeah, season 11. Um, well, it's good they're going to hopefully do it on a high note. And then uh, supposedly, because in the show, um, something happens with Rick Grimes and you don't kind of know the outcome. And it's supposedly there's a three movie deal. Oh, wow. They're going to do movies? Yeah, in the theaters, the whole nine yards. A trilogy? A trilogy wrapping up what happens with Rick. Wow. And then they've also got two other shows, Fear the Walking Dead, and then another one that just started. And supposedly all three worlds are going to kind of combine and you're going to see how kind of connected the all the world. The movies are going to bring all three shows and the world together so i'm a huge walking dead fan conclusion yeah make fun of me i mean i i kind of well, deserve it but i i, 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 I was like in walking on it dead. forever but then what happened was when i moved out of my parents me and claire got our first spot like eight years ago we just um didn't have you know well lucky like for AM, you amc and all that lucky for you they're all on netflix if you ever want to catch yeah. up and then i've got all the compendiums of the comics if you ever want to catch up on the comics so it, it season nine and ten really rebounded they got a new showrunner um and what's crazy is like they, they, they had a lot of podcast coverage and a lot of guys dedicated show recaps and you know and a lot of those yeah, guys. I remember Talking Dead would immediately follow. Yeah, for example. And then there's a show, there's a podcast called The Talking Dead that was around before the TV version with Chris Hardwick, but they still cover it. But there was a lot of people that covered it that just after season six or seven they're like, oh, we're out. Damn. The show sucks. Um, but, uh, no, they got a new showrunner for season nine and 10 and then she turned it around totally, totally kind of brought it back. And now, now I'm hyped. A woman's touch. Now I'm hyped for walking dead again. Used to us to go into like, I used to go into him like, oh, you know what that reminds me of? Watching a cowboy game. <laughs> <laughs> Grueling your way through a cowboy game. I can't wait to the point where I'm happy to watch a cowboy game again. And right we, now it's more mature. Oh yeah. And we'll, and we'll get to that. Coming up. Um, so who's your my last one? Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits. Oh, he's the lead singer and guitarist. That is a wild card. Wild card, dude. The older I get, the more dead I get, and the more I like Dire Straits. And um, it's all started like fifteen years. Not fifteen. How old am I? Almost fifteen years ago when I was at Cedar Valley. I remember like seeing this article about like the greatest guitar solos of all time, and I was like, "Let me just see, you know who's up top." Jimi Hendrix "Machine Gun" was number two. "Sultans of Swing" by Dire Straits was number one. They say that's like the most technical, just difficult like progression of like notes that a man could ever hit. And I'm like, you know, Dire Straits, not the money for nothing, you know, like cheesy song, but they've had you know Romeo and Juliet. Everybody knows that song, but there's. So many good songs by that band. Uh, my favorite's Wild West End. When you listen to it, it just seems like he, when he's playing it, he's just so effortless. You know, he's like so smooth. I don't know how to describe it, dude. Just check out Wild West End and just listen to how smooth he is. And then in Sultan's a Swing, that's the one where he's just like absolutely just picking it apart, tearing it up, and, you know, he just makes it look so easy. So a lot of people, I didn't realize, uh, actually give him credit for being one of the smoothest, most underrated guitar players, like, of all time. Because everyone just thinks Dire Straits like this British band that put out a few hits, but um, Mark, it's K N O P F L E R Knopfler. Knopfler, yeah. Mark Knopfler. Yeah, they were an afterthought. I would have never player. thought Dire Straits. We'll listen to Wild West End after this. Okay. After we stop Perfect. recording. Um, For uh, 
copyright purposes we can't play it on air right now you know and i think maybe <laughs> and i still may do it you know it's not like we make our show is monetized or anything but i think i may slip a little uh van halen in at some point just just to pay tribute i may slip a little van halen in there because i think there is a threshold like it's either like five or eight seconds or maybe ten oh, you can get away with it? we can get away with it um Sweet. so i may slip that in um do you have any honorable mention because i've got a few well, and I'm not going to go into detail. I'm just going to kind of yeah. I mean, them. first I'll just I'll run through mine real quick though without many detail. But Eddie Van Halen. I mean, this was inspired by him, and he really deserves it. He created Eruption. Yeah, that and, whole style of playing just all him. Yeah, and I didn't really include him because we kind of hit it, you know, with that last news story, and so that for me was kind of a given. It was a given. Yeah, and, but yeah, he's uh, he is up there for me. Uh, Carlos Santana. Yep, I feel he, like he's he was uh, like he was in consideration. Yeah, underappreciated, just as. I, I love Carlos Santana, man. I could always put on a, a Santana so, album. So, real quick. So, my dad saw Led Zeppelin at the Fourth Convention Center in, like, 1970. And then in 71, he saw Santana and with my mom. Uh, I forget where, but Santana was on acid. you weren't born in 71 after <laughs> that show. Santana was on acid, and they were, like, telling me stories about, like, how he thought, like... His guitar was like a snake, <laughs> and like he was making his face was like gyrating like all sorts of weird ways. And uh, but yeah, so my dad's actually seen Hendrix, Zeppelin, and Santana. That was the if you were a rock fan, that was the time to be alive. Like oh, he tells 60s, me all the time. Mid like seventies, my era is the golden era of music. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He he's not, not wrong, wrong at all. Nope. Uh, but go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Number three is Tom Morello yeah. from Rage Against Machine. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's probably, I was listening to him all week. That's probably my number one band from the 90s. Didn't even realize I was so controversial and so edgy. You know, I just really like Rage Against Machine. You were taking didn't a stand and you didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, dude, I was fist high up in the air. And then I'm like, man, they're just really good. And then number four is uh, David Gilmore. Yeah. Pink Floyd. And then yep. once he took over and then his solo work. It all I'm, I'm a big fan didn't of Didn't you David see him? Didn't I you wish. see David? Uh, or who went and saw David Gilmore? Uh, was it Ryan? Might have been Ryan. That yeah. asshole's been to so many good shows. Yeah. He's seen Neil Young. I haven't seen Neil Young. He saw he. So I was in the hospital. Um, where we were having Landry, and he sends me a picture. It's him and fucking Jerry Springer. That's random, but he ran into cool. him in a bar in Dallas. Jerry Springer, <laughs> yes, dude. And then he lucked into tickets for the that Green Bay Dallas playoff yeah, with game Troy. with Troy and like that happened in like the same weekend like I don't know how he, he looks into Jerry, all this and th- that was the death cage wasn't yeah it? Oh, and so that they, was when Landry that's where you're there for yeah Landry in, being born yeah so um jeez so my honorable mention and it's gonna be there's only one name on there you're gonna probably you're gonna recognize um and that's Steve Vai yeah Steve Vai he's I mean a lot of people don't like him but he played with like White Snake. yeah I was gonna say you really you know the name but you can't like and I remember what he looks like yeah because he has that distinctive look but a lot of people like you said just they might know a few songs if you played them but yeah he played with White Snake. he played he's got a bunch of solo albums He's literally say, like a, sorry, but he's a professional guitarist. He's yes. like a, he's like a uh, traveling, like, what's it called? He's like a, a mercenary. Yeah, like, like he, a mercenary. Yeah. Like a fill-in, like, hey, you needed somebody to play this? He, he, he played with, uh, he was a part of like the Frank Zappa project and like played with Frank Zappa. Yep. Um, he just, he's up there and he, he, and, it, and a lot of the modern guitarists I'm about to get into, um, and even Tosin Abasi, like they list him as like a, like a inspiration, like he inspired those guys. So my other one is his name is Misha Mansoor. He's from a band called Periphery, who's kind of in the same realm as uh, Animals as Leaders, except they have vocals. But it's it's prog metal. It's progressive metal. It's a lot of eight string guitars. You know, 
uh, really technical stuff. Um, a guy named Paul Wagner, he's the guitarist for Between the Barry to Me. Yeah, that's another technical, uh, like, yeah. just and then, ridiculous. Uh, probably the most obscure and least well-known is a guy named Shane Blay, and he's with a band called Oh Sleeper. And they're they're banned from they're a metal band from Fort Worth. And, oh wow, that's yeah, high praise. Yeah, but they got signed and they went on national tours and worldwide tours. And so, I got one more, just another local yeah. boy, Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, and it's uh, hard. I, I, that would have been my number five on my honorable mention, but yeah, I, I don't want to sound too homerish, but well, I mean, he's that's fucking not homerish. Great. I mean, yeah, he, he speaks for himself. He really is. It's fucking Pantera, because um, I was talking to my brother, who's he's a big music he's a big music head, and he plays guitar. And I was like, "What do you think about my Mount Rushmore?" And he was like, "Dude, you don't have Stevie Ray on there." I'm like, "Holy shit, I did forget Stevie Ray at the at first. <laughs> and I think I had Steve Vai up there, and he's like, "Fuck Steve Vai, dude." <laughs> yeah, your brother Ben's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, dude." He's like, "The only person I might I might throw on there is like maybe Dimebag." Yeah. So, I mean, we were pretty spot on with each other's main Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah, three we, out of four on the main. That's pretty impressive. And then we both just kind of went up screw with four. But it was, like I said, it's your personal choice. Yeah, it's my, it's my, our list. So. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's going to take us to Pick Your Poison. Oh, this one's. <laughs> it's, it's loaded. It's loose, man. It is loaded. All right, so. Pick Your Poison is a segment where we give a scenario or a question, and it's it's a would-you-rather segment or a would-you-rather question. And this week's is, would you rather all conspiracy theories be true or live in a world where no leaders really know what they're doing? And I really think we're already kind of there with yeah. our leaders not knowing gonna, that, that's kind of what I wrote down. And I really, I think, I think I would rather live in a world where conspiracy theories are true. Well, let me just put, I put a few leaders really know what they're doing. It seems like we're kind of already there, but to me, there's just too many crazy conspiracy theories. If you would have said like a, a majority are true that would have been my answer immediately but I, I said i can't believe in a world where lizard people rule over our flat earth <laughs> you know like i can't believe every conspiracy theory is true if you would have told me 50 percent were true absolutely because i believe jfk wasn't murdered by oswald i believe epstein didn't kill himself you know i believe operation paperclip we brought over nazi scientists no that was real to get us, yeah that was 100 percent real Werner von braun started fucking yeah. nasa and yeah. he was a nazi and he brought over all his homeboys yeah. because we said hey don't go to don't go to russia don't go to the soviet union come to us we'll you ever, you, right. you ever wonder why you see some argentinians and they have like fucking german last names because yeah. all those motherfuckers fled over there we gave them solace and refuge <laughs> so that's 100 but as like i said there's just so i guess i would have to believe that i would live in a world where not over the world leaders just didn't know what they were doing because yeah. it seems like we're already there. I think we're already there. I, I mean, there's just too many wild conspiracies. Well, that was what it, that's what it boiled down to me is is I can't believe every one of them, but I certainly believe a, a lot. I believe a lot of them too. Without being like cuckoo foil foil hat, there's definitely some conspiracies that you know. I yeah, a hundred percent true. I yeah, I. We're already there, so you're probably right. I'm, I'm probably going to pick, you know, I'm going to live in a world with, where our leaders don't know what's going on because we're already there. Seems like our it, debate, man. The debates this these past two weeks are proof that, that um, you know, nobody knows what's going on. It's nobody can really affect, tra- affect change. So, um, Except for the lizard people. But, yeah, you're right. 
It's like Alex Jones. They're turning the frogs gay. Yeah, exactly, dude. I can't believe it. So I gotta, I gotta take leaders not knowing what they're doing. Now I want to say maybe Rogan or somebody actually said that uh, Alex Jones was right on that. Like there was the frogs, the frogs gay? being like they could change, they could change the and like the sex or like the anatomy or something on a frog. I don't know. I want to. I'll but that fact just check makes them that. transgender. It doesn't make them homosexual. I don't know. It's just there's that clip of Alex Jones that you'll hear. And he's like, they're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> Alex Jones is a fucking madman. He's a uh, he's, he's a entertaining man. man. He's yeah, entertaining. He's, he's entertainment. That's for damn sure. But man. I don't think he should be censored. Like he got blacklisted and and banned off of face or off of YouTube. Same with Twitter. Just because I don't agree with somebody or I don't share the same views, I don't think they should be banned. Well, they're trying to stop misinformation. That's all. We'll get into it later. Yeah, that's, say, that's all it is, dilemma. man. But you that, can't. Yeah, ha- I mean, you can't have, you can't have you can't have one side doing it. But then the get this guy on this side. Go back and I'll send you the link. Go back and watch the interview. It's the Rogan podcast where they have the founder uh, or CEO of Twitter and their lawyer on with Rogan and a and a journalist named Tim Pool. And they talk about all this. They talk about all the censorship. They talk about um, their policies of how they ban people, why they ban people. I just don't think you can allow one group to get away with it and then totally let p- force the other side to play by a different set of rules. Well, you're given Twitter sets the rules, though. It's their rules. Yeah, but it's not the rules don't set don't, aren't the same for everybody. If you're on the if you're on the left, you can get away with certain things that you can't on the right. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm, I agree with you, but I'm saying that's Twitter's policies, though they they make the rules. Then ban the people on the left. They should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, but they make. That's what I'm saying. They should. They do what they want, though, because it's their rules. Well, right. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying they make their own rules. Right. And we and we learn and we'll talk about it. But it's. I just I don't you know say what you want about Alex Jones. He's wrong on a lot of stuff. He has been right on some stuff. I'm not. I'm not for banning anybody stifling anybody's speech unless you're physically harming people or threatening people well, you should be able to say your thoughts what if your thoughts are white power and death to all see that's harming that, okay. that that's that's harmful okay, to people well, that's can, okay. toxic yeah but you can't but but you, but you should say hey this is what i feel and and then you go well i don't think that way you know yeah blocked. yeah, yeah. I agree with you that. can't you can't say I think the government's controlling frogs and turning them gay and Epstein didn't kill himself and 9-11 was an inside job and boom, bam, hammer. Like, you can't do that. Not when someone's just expressing their opinions. Yeah. But if your opinions are hateful and toxic, yes, then, yes. yeah. But it's got to be, it's got to be the same rules for both sides, for yeah. everybody, for everybody. It can't just be, you know, no, gotta, rules have to be inclusive to all yeah. for it to work in a functional society. Cool, man. Let's transition because we're. <laughs> I'm getting slip. I'm feeling slippery. That slope is. We're going sliding down. down. Rabbit hole. Okay. What is it? Okay. Now we're on to our three ninjas knuckle up review. Oh, so what'd you think? What'd you think of the third installment? I I just as a quick review. I had high hopes when they started getting into the story, but then it just reverted back to its old self. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was watching with Claire, and she was giving me so much shit for watching this. She was like, I if I never have to hear I ever again, you know, like I'll be so happy. That's all it was. It was like, you know, belly button kicks and 
kicks to the shot to the shins and ayah ayah and for some reason like all these fools are getting knocked out and even by the third one it's still so unbelievable to me but the story was better like i like that instead of just going to japan and fighting in a tournament which was extremely generic they actually had a cool story about the you know like for, for some reason i guess there's an indian reservation next to this california town that they live in and you know that there's guy that owns like his own dumping companies like do- dumping toxins into it and it's yeah. killing the people yeah. and there's a disc that they have to retrieve to show the epa so it had a good decent story at least yeah and man so, again they are because everything was like uh where is it written down yeah they keep referring to like all those people as like that indian or yeah, those said, indians like that you cannot mm-mm. i said indians Native Americans, bro. Yeah. yeah Come yeah. on. Highly offensive. That movie, and then, okay, so then fast forward a little bit to the pool parlor, which was a great spot. The I, I put 100% I want to work, own, or hang out at the pizza and pool. Yeah, because they had parlor, beer. And they had beer. They had pool tables. They had arcade, pizza. But then, so, okay, so just to skip ahead, like this Joe, the Native American girl is like, Missing her, missing her father. They're at this rally. The bad guys show up. They're like, you know, this is my land now. Get off my land. Speaking to the Native Americans. And they dump all this toxins. And then the girl wants to, like, go, you know, the go see what's up. Uh, goes to confront these bad guys at the pizza parlor. And they just, like, pour beer on this, like, 11-year-old girl. And they're like, oh, she's too young to have a beer. Here, let me pour the Coke on you. Then they're, like, grabbing her. And there's, like, th- 30 people in this restaurant just looking at them. Yeah, I wrote that down. Like, And I was like, no one's Grown men in there are not. Yeah, they Everyone's did just nothing. And if, but luckily, there's three ninjas there. <laughs> to, to at least save this woman this poor girl yeah and you know i wrote down that they they stick up for joe and they dominate like seven to eight grown men and i don't know if you noticed this actor um but there was a very young Danal logue signing right here Danal logue is jimmy <laughs> i wrote it down man yeah yes i was like who is that he looks so familiar and i had to keep pausing it before when he was in the screen, I was like, that's who it is. And like, I kind of wrote down, like, he was in Grounded for Life. I don't know if you remember yeah, that sitcom. That he was in Sons of Anarchy, up. Vikings, Gotham. He seems like such a cool dude. He like, was I in, was like, I, I know that guy. He is a cool dude. Every time I see him, I like him. He had, like, a two-season arc in uh, Law & Order SVU where he was kind of, he played, like, this badass detective. Um, but, yeah, I, I noticed that. And, I, and, and who was, there was somebody in the first one I thought I was, or maybe that was... Maybe that was uh, Mighty Ducks. But do you notice the, the the main cop? He was the umpire from the second oh, movie. Shit, <laughs> yeah. he was. They just reused a bunch of people. you know what else he was in, though, too? He was uh, Donna's dad from that 70s show. Oh, he was, yeah. That's how I remember yeah. him. Because he had, Good still call. had like, that perm. Good call. I had a big crush on Donna growing up. Oh, that 70s oh, yeah. show was a great show. Oh, that was for something sure. me and my dad would watch. I'm sure your dad probably watched it, too, because that was like their era. Me and my dad would always watch that 70s show. For sure. But uh, I, I don't know if we want to get too far and break the whole movie down. We can just make some jokes about it. Did you notice throughout the movie there were several different times where Rocky would have braces? And, and then he didn't. Have braces? Yeah. What was up with that? It would be like literally the same day in the morning he'd have braces. And then they go and have <laughs> dinner and his braces are gone. Yeah. I thought I was tripping until it happened multiple more times. Somebody, somebody in the editing room screwed up on that. Or maybe they should have just said, hey, let us get done with filming. And we'll take them off. But yeah. nobody caught, nobody thought we would catch that. I mean, I guess they filmed like half the movie and then you got the braces off and they did the rest. But I will but say, I think... It was like pretty obvious. I think the third one worked better for me because for whatever reason, I think these three boys, and probably because they already had one movie together, they just had chemistry. I felt like they worked better together. Yeah. And 
Rocky wasn't so... Rocky was almost cool in this He was almost times. cool, yeah. And he wasn't so nerdy and uptight. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I think these, these boys just had better Their chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote down... You know they they have to clean the restaurant after they the brawl. yeah after they got abused by adults the grandpa they, gets the call that oh they did what so they <laughs> stood up and did what's right and now they have to clean up the yeah bar? like why aren't you arresting these guys who are assaulting children um but you know they go outside and they they uh, Joe walks up and they introduce themselves and Rocky's like I'm filthy I'm filthy I'm Rocky and she's like hi filthy Rocky I wrote down filthy Rocky is a great porn name I thought that exact same thing <laughs> filthy Rocky filthy Rocky um let's see um yeah and like they go when they go on that little secret like recon mission to, to find, find Joe's dad like why were the workers there like so ready to fight like on edge man do job. they know what's going on? Like, do they, they know that to. they're holding captives? I put on here, it's just, I guess it's just common practice to not only assault children, but now they are kidnapping and torturing this Native American because, like, what is it, three days without food? He goes, it's been four. Like, oh, my God, this guy's <laughs> about to die. North Korea doesn't have <laughs> shit on these people. Yeah, and they're just, like, grinning from ear to ear, like, well, you got a floppy disk, we need it. It's like, okay, that's kidnapping, and now you're torturing him, and he's near death. But he took it like a champ, though. He had enough energy to walk out of there. And then, you know, they at one point they go down that manhole and they're like, those crazy sons of bitches hey, trying to pour gasoline down there. And I don't know if that would work. Maybe it would work. I don't know. It would probably take a while for the gas, uh, like the flow of the water to get all the way. But yeah, he like, what did he say? Said some cheesy line, but then they dump all like a vat, like a gallon, hey, fifty-five of gallon drum of gasoline. Just, hey, let's just scorch these children alive. That's fun. Um, and so eventually they get they get her dad back. Um, and, and then there's a there's like a powwow at the tribe. And yeah, they were doing their dance, and then Rocky Tumpter was like, "Let's show more dance." Oh, no, you dude, go first. I almost had to skip through that. I was, like, I was, it, I there was a dancing montage. Absolute cringe dancing, but it's totally nineties. And like it was like karate kick mix with oh Indian God, Native it was American so moves. Bad. I was like, like I did skip it because I watched it twice. <laughs> I skipped it. I skipped time. it the second time, man. I was watching it with Claire, and she's like, "Why do y'all even watch this?" I was like, "Babe, it's for the pod." Kind you have to, it. but she has to remember, like when we were, you know, however old we were. Oh, I bet I reenacted that dance. Yeah, I mean, this day. was cool. Yeah, that was the coolest. But when thing we watch when it as adults, you're like, "That's what I told her." I was like, "That's how. We, that's why we do it. We look back and you know review it because like." I'm guaranteed back in the day, I thought that was the coolest move when, like, the little beat hit and they did, like, a little splits and then, like, a high kick and, like, some punch jabs. Like, I guarantee I did that same fucking move back in the day in my living room. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, Hardy's uh, and his yeah, boys roll up. with guns, man, like, ready to murder. Of course, no, no, luckily, no bullets were fired. They were using me as bats. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> Just that. Swinging them, like, hey, I know I got this double-barrel shotgun, but let me swing this at you. I said, it's a real Donnie book, real Donnie book broke out, but luckily no one was murdered because they came armed to the teeth with like pistols, assault rifles, and shotguns, but luckily no bullets were fired. But the Benny uh, Hill music started and fight scenes ensued. And then, of course, uh, not of course, but Grandpa was actually there and kind of saved, kind of saved their bacon on that one. When when they came in with the guns and he kind of took care of business and he then was like the ninja in the room. Yep, in yeah. the house and then a huge fight scene breaks out. Um, and then so the story's all kind of leading up to this hearing. Well, you got to put too that after it was it Harding like couldn't get the job done. He called in mercenaries and it was a whole biker like Hell's Angels biker game. Yeah, it was to, like, like kidnap a, the Joe to kidnap Joe and it was like, so now now they're kidnapping a child. 
and uh, uh, like what's the word? Not blackmail, but extortion. Extorting the dad to do you know to go their way, and it's all leading up to this. It, town it was like a great like value Hell's Angels, though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, they were terrible. Mixed but match. That's what I sh- it was cool when they first showed up, but then I was like, oh, these guys are badass. And then they start fighting, and it's like, yeah, these guys are clowns. And then, like, I was like, you realize y'all are in cars, right? Like, you right, could just... fucking right through You them. could just hit them, or, like, swerve over and knock them. Like, what yeah, are you like, doing? there's, like, three on each side, and they're standing in the middle of the road. I would have gone right, mm-hmm. left, <laughs> and then gun it, right? I just... Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> for, for the movie, I get it. So, they kidnap, they kidnap Joe. Um, they're at the hearing... Her dad testifies that he's got a disc. And then the dad's like, hey, you got your daughter. Yeah, then the, the, the police officer, when the, when oh, the yeah, Native yeah. Americans going up, I was like, how corrupt is this town? He's like, hey, there's a phone call for you. And he hands it to you, you know, and it's like they kidnapped your daughter. And it's like, that's the sheriff handing you that phone. Yeah, so he knows at this point that he, his daughter's uh, being ta- been taken. And uh, so he's got a decision to make. Does he give the Does he give the disc up and the information proving that Harding Hardy is killing his land, or does he save his daughter? Little does he know, the boys are in the process of saving Joe from these bikers. They kick everybody's ass again. Rocky learns how to drive on the fly. Drives him to the hearing. Disc is delivered. Town is saved. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I, I put on here after Joe gets kidnapped, and the boys act like they don't do. No, they act like they don't know what to do. If only their dad was an FBI agent. Yeah. Right. No yeah. sign of mom or dad in that whole movie. And I put to start this, you would think these parents would reconsider summers with grandpa after two near death experiences, one across the world. But no, hey, next summer go to grandpa's. It's all good. It's not like y'all nearly died the last two years. That's right. That's right. And Anything then, to get these little shits out of the house. And that that one, it was at the very end. Um. There was a, like a bar scene where it's only Rocky and Tum Tum were in there with these bad guys, and the jukebox comes on. Yeah, that was so fucking terrible, dude. It was like, so there bad. There was a part where, like, the music changed and it was like a salsa song. So Rocky and Tum Tum like grab, they look at each other. And they do like this yeah. little dance, and you know, like this uh, salsa dance, and then do a move, and then <laughs> worst part, man. I I had to stop and rewind and show Claire just how bad this was. But there was like two guys. Rocky comes up between them, grabs both their heads, and does like a hip thrust, like yeah. left, right, <laughs> and knocks them out with his hips. I was like, what the uh, fuck, dude? I am over this movie at this, this point. This one was a brutal watch. Like, and pretty I, I, much the the first one was a classic. It was good. The first one was still good. I would say the first one is still But the very last two watchable. was hard, man. And I put, man, they should have made this movie more realistic. Maybe about like school bullies or a school scandal. Like, there's a, you know, the principal's doing something shady. Instead, there's cowboys indians and bikers mixed That's in right. with ninjas and i was like they just complicated it way too much they could have made it where like hey it's first day of junior high and there's this scandal going on and there's this bad guy superintendent that's doing something and they could have worked in the school instead they're fighting hell's angels and you know these bad cow wannabe cowboys and it was just too much for me and you know alex i really don't know if we're gonna get to high noon at mega mountain yeah i'm not I, sure i, I can sit I can, through because these last two have cost me it's like a total of like eight bucks and like four hours of life yeah unless i can find uh number four for free somewhere if i can find it free i may watch maybe, it but and... i mean claire was telling me she's like why do you she's like you've wasted i've combined six hours of your life you'll never get back and i'm like well you're not wrong but yeah. the first one was good. I would still say the first one. Was first one was good. Um, Not even close. And we'll talk about what 
we're doing next. I think I'm down for the Ninja Turtle movies. I'm down. So I think that's where I, we're going to go next week. And it might be cheaper unless there are streaming. I've looked online. You can buy like a three pack. The three packs was like all three in one for like 10 bucks. Oh, perfect. Okay. And Landry would like to watch those with you. And Yeah, he would. He would watch them with me. Um, so that takes us to my favorite segment and yours, 60 Seconds on Big Brother. Well, let me just say it's been a terrible year at Big Brother for anyone else who's been watching. If, if Ryan ever catches up or Ben listens. They had the triple eviction this past week, but they've been building it for so long, and it was going to be like this because they've never done a triple eviction. It was going to be like a once in a twenty-two year history of Big Brother, but they have like this this mounted screen that the host can talk to him through because there's no human interaction outside the house. And after they did the first eviction, they were still haven't said anything, but some idiot in production must have put up the headline of triple eviction night on their screen. So. All the house guests saw it. It ruined the whole surprise. And then that guest or the host afterwards was like, oh, I guess y'all just saw that mistake. Uh, Yeah, guess what? It's triple eviction. And it's like they've been building this and hyping it for so much. And, of course, they dropped the ball because this is the worst season of Big Brother. But uh, So the first eviction, uh, <clears throat> Kevin and David were up. Kevin voted out six to nothing. They immediately have another HOH because they're going to have to do three of these to get through a triple eviction. Memphis wins, and he nominates David and Nicole. Tyler tries to convince Christmas and Enzo to evict, to evict Nicole instead of David because he likes working with David. Uh, he thought he had those two extra votes, but Enzo lied because Enzo's in another alliance, you know, and he didn't want to <clears throat> he didn't want to go that path, you know. He played his own way, so David gets voted out three to two, which now they know that there was two votes against Nicole. That'll come back to bite them in the ass because you know they tried to flip the house and it didn't work and if you try to make a move like that and it doesn't work you're pretty much fucking dead because everyone knows it was you you know you lied or you 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 flipped on us but so this is now going to the third hoh of the night tyler wins and he actually wins the um the pov that night or i'm sorry so he wins the hoh and he nominates nicole and danny so then they have the veto competition tyler wins that so he's locked up those nominations are going to stay the same and Danny gets voted out four to nothing. I'm not upset with that because I've never liked Danny. I don't like Nicole either, but Danny's just like the worst. She thinks she's the shit, and she's she's just not good. Uh, I put on here just triple eviction night. Completely sucked. And then um, just this past week, they just had another episode. So they're down to the final, I think it's final five now. Six. It's final six. Uh, Cody won, and then he won the HOH. He won the HOH and the POV. He's got all the power. Nothing can happen that he doesn't want to happen. He put up Tyler and Christmas because they're the two that tried to backdoor Nicole. Or not backdoor, but just flip the house on Nicole. And that's someone he's working with. So they immediately knew, like, hey, those are the two people that did it. Tyler tried to throw Christmas under the bus. Christmas tried to throw Tyler under the bus. They know they're both lying. So they're the two nominees. Um, they can do nothing about it to change that because, like I said, Cody won. Cody's the head of household and holds the power veto so he's got all the power this week and uh one of them's going home tonight me and claire are gonna finish it and just can't wait for the season to be fucking over and we can get started next year on a new season with new people because bringing back new people just sucks because they all have that connection and they immediately just started working together and i i like it when there's a it's a slow burn and you takes a while to gain someone's trust and then you form this alliance or then you take this next step but they're immediately like hey you're a cool guy let's let's Go over here and we'll form a six-person alliance. Okay, I was going to ask you, like, yeah. with you saying that it was a bad season and yep. it's stale, like, yep. Very what, stale, nothing what big could happened. they do to, like, fix it? But it sounds like if you bring in fresh players who yeah. don't really have all these connections and, like we talked about, like, they kind of know how to play the game, 
and have been there, done that, maybe that'll help. Kind yeah, you of... got to get in new people. Okay. Because like Enzo and Cody have a final two because they're both from Jersey together. So they already had, they knew all these things about each other. And, but I like, I like Enzo and, and Cody's a pretty cool guy, but Enzo, the meow, meow, he's low key going to win it to me, man. Again, Enzo is a badass name. Enzo's a cool I mean, name. And when you hear his full name, it's Italian as fuck. Really cool name, but in, like he, Enzo he, Ferrari, <laughs> and you go with Ma- Meow Meow. Well, since Zingbot, a few episodes get him back and gave him so much shit for that, he doesn't go by Meow Meow anymore. He's <laughs> good. He's just Enzo. Good. But yeah, you have to get a new people because what they're doing now, it's everyone's just working together. No one wants to make a big move, and that's all Big Brother is making big moves. So everybody's just playing it safe. Exactly, like, they're, they're playing trying it way to win. too safe. Yeah, way too fucking safe. And that's why they did this triple eviction to hurry the game up because it's been boring as fuck. And they're like, we're going to force your hand to make you do so something. So it sounds like the producers or showrunner, whoever, kind of listening to Yeah, the, they know the that this is boring audience. and stale. Yeah. And they're forcing a hand. But well, at least they're be... taking those steps and like they're not just letting it ride out. Yeah, but like I said, but then they screwed up. They dropped the ball completely on triple eviction. Right, they couldn't even get that right. Screen. Yeah, because I was going to be, I wanted them to do a single elimination and then a double because they always do a double. And then I wanted Julie Chen, the host, to be like, all right, now we're going to do a triple eviction just to see everyone, like their face, you know, their expressions just completely change. Right. We didn't get it. They dropped the ball on it just like they dropped the ball in the entire year. So only a few more episodes to grow through because they do it when they do the finale, three people make it. So there's only going to be like, two more evictions and then a finale so it's gonna wrap up in the next like week or two. Oh, okay and it'll be over and then 90 day fiance might kick off her mat segment or something maybe. maybe i may be i may get you in on that too i may get you and claire in on that <clears throat> I'm too sure claire would be in on it no doubt uh we had the tell-alls uh it was the end of the season uh, anybody find love let's see or what they consider yeah love. angela and michael Angela is a like 54-year-old woman from Georgia, married Michael, who's like a 30-year-old from Nigeria. Michael is a sweetheart of a dude, like really cares for her. And Angela, like in the tell-all, because like in Nigerian culture, like they're, the wife is supposed to be submissive to the man. And that's just how it is in Nigeria. Uh-oh. And... Angela is not about that. And she made a, 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 us, and I say us, as Americans look like assholes because she's like, I ain't bound to no man. I'm an American. I don't have to do that oh, shit. shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. And and uh, so there was a lot of drama leading up to their wedding. About, and they still got married. And they still got married. Um, and now there's drama because Michael wants a child. And, like, he told the family that Angela would give him a child. And Angela's like, I'm 54. Like, yeah, those both yeah dude, gone. like, what do you want me to do? Like, spend the rest of my good years raising a child. And I'm thinking, like, isn't that something you discuss, like, Before day one? You, you know, Absolutely. if y'all know y'all are going to do this, like, that's one of the first things on the list. Uh, but, anyway, they got married. Michael is still in Nigeria because he's having trouble getting, uh, like, that visa process going. Let's see. Um, there was uh, Elizabeth and Andre. Uh, Elizabeth is uh, like a 30-year-old chick from Florida. Andre is around the same age. He's from Moldova. The hell is Moldova? Uh, Eastern Europe. Um, Never heard of it. So they uh, they've been married and they were they were kind of they got brought back for this season and there was drama surrounding they got married here in America so they're already married but they wanted to have a Andre wanted to have a ceremony in Moldova with his family 
for some reason, Elizabeth's dad footed the bill for it, and there's a lot of drama surrounding that, so he paid for two weddings. Okay. Her, She's got an asshole brother who, like, wouldn't stop because asking questions about Andre's past because there was some shady stuff about him being a police officer there, and then all of a sudden he moved to Ireland before he moved to America. Um and they just kept hitting on it and hitting on it and hitting on it, wouldn't. And they were asking his brother and his friends. And apparently, like, the police force over there, like, you know, is obviously corrupt. And they were wanting him to do some shady. I don't know. You didn't ever get a resolution. But her brother got drunk at the wedding, made an ass out of himself. They almost fought several times. Um, you've got a Kalani and a Swalu. Kalani is an American from... Washington, who is of Samoan descent from her father, and Asuelu is from Samoa. Oh, that's a good match. Uh, nah. Oh, There's a lot of drama there. Asuelu is 24. She's like 32. He's super immature, plays video games all the time. Doesn't He works a part-time job, doesn't help with the kids. Um, you know, during the pandemic, he's like going out and playing volleyball uh, and going out and like, you know, and there was drama between uh Swaylu's family because of Swaylu his mom uh and sister wanted money from like they were like you need to take care of me and send money back to Samoa and they're like look you know I, I've got a family to take care of and at one point she's like I don't even really care about your kids I just want money wow, and so cool. yeah it and so it was just a shit show and the 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 tell all is at the end of the season and it's usually a shit show and which and is probably what you know people really want to that's see. That's what I want to see. I mean, that's what and you it was a little it was a little different this year because it was all via Zoom. You know, usually they're all oh, in the yeah. same place on the yeah. couch, you know. Uh but uh no, it was good and that's kinda why I ran late getting over here. I had to finish <laughs> up the tell all yeah. And eating eating uh eating Chick fil A. Uh, but uh no, it was good. Yeah, Lauren's got me wrapped up in that because it, when it was when I started it, I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna extend an olive branch. This is something this is a way we can spend time together. I'm not into it. But then, like, I get to know the characters, yeah. and then I get into it, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did that. Yeah, and, that, that and, bastard. Yeah, and then... Not treating her right. So now there's a season called 90 Day Fiance the Other Way, and it's where Americans are going to the country of their fiancés, and it, there's a lot of crazy dynamics this with that, because, like, there's a... There's a gay couple, like, uh, there's a dude, uh, a white dude from here. He's, like, 56 years old, but you look at him, he looks, like, 26. Oh, wow. Like, super, like, good-looking, in shape, and he's engaged to a, a dude from Mexico. And, you know, like, Mex in Mexico, they don't they don't tolerate that culture. They don't, they're not accepting of, of the, you know, the gay community. So there's a lot of drama there, and he's, he's now moved down there. And in the season, in the mid-season premiere, because they took a break, like he's bringing his fiance to meet his parents. So there's a lot of drama there. There's one chick that is going to live in Ethiopia because um, her fiance's got her pregnant, and he lives in Ethiopia. And it sh in the first half of the season, it showed her going over there, and kind of a there was a culture shock, obviously, because of the living conditions oh, yeah. and the bathrooms and all this. And then there's another couple where there's a South African or South uh, Korean dude with a, an American chick, and she went over there, and he's kind of immature. He's not doing what he's supposed to. He's not holding down a job, yada, yada, yada. So 
That's called 90 Day Fiance the Other Way. Um, and I've spent way too much time talking about 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so all that, you know, all that, the, the one show came to an end, and then 90 Day Fiance the Other Way is coming back on next weekend. So maybe I will start picking up, you know, now that there's a clean break and a starting point for me to start back on. Um, yeah, yeah once, it's all right. Once Big Brothers, though, the only thing we kind of watch together is Amazing Race, which I really like that show. Yeah. It's like a race literally around, around the, the world around yeah. the world yeah cool like solving puzzles and shit yeah all right let's get into sports and uh the first kind of story i want to pick up on is uh the COVID outbreak in the nfl the first three weeks i was like man i think the nfl is going to do this like i shit. think they're going to skirt all this and be okay and then here in the last couple of weeks we've had some cases and some games moved back and and all this and um we may see kind of the first instance of a team really getting slapped around and slapped on the wrist for um for you know breaking covid protocols and because the titans are going to face penalties and fines due to non-compliance of the protocols yeah they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna have a they're gonna set the example and probably take a harsh hit and they should they should i think so their facility was shut down on september 29th due to 23 positive cases between players and between players and front office staff and coaches on september 24th and this prompted the players the next day to hold a players only practice at a high school there in nashville well of course all that got caught on cameras because students were there and they were taking yeah, like you weren't fucking thinking about they didn't, social media. They didn't pick like a random field. Uh, from what I heard, this is like a Highland Park or a Jesuit. So they or went to the nice. They schools. went to like a nice school with nice facilities, and all Stupid. these kids are taking videos on putting it you on Instagram and, and why Twitter. Does it, why does it? Sorry, but why doesn't one of the guys, one of the veterans, have like, hey, I got twenty acres. Yeah. Exactly. Well, just go to my, I got a flat yard. Look Let's, at Dak. He's got a football field. Yeah, in his you know house. what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to go to high school. You could have done that in someone's private property because you're all millionaires. But so, and, and now, now their sources. Well, oh, sorry, I was going to say they should have done it anyways because that's obviously led to an outbreak. But at least yeah. be smart about being stupid. And now, now their sources coming out and saying the facility is rampant with violations. Nobody was following mass protocols, nobody was social distancing. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to get into if you believe in it or not believe in it, but, but you're, these you're are the paid, rules. You're paid millions to follow those rules. These like the, I get yeah. paid thousands to follow my rules. Yeah, I have to go to. We have to go to work, and we can make way less money, and, and yeah. we're subjected to that risk, and we still kind of follow what we're and do what we're supposed to. Um, but all this with the Titans has now prompted a big schedule shift. So Titans Bills was has moved to Tuesday night. And that's contingent on that's, on negative tests. Yeah, I don't know about that one, man. Broncos Patriots has moved to Monday because of Gilmore. Bills Chiefs week the week six game next week is moved to October eighteenth, and that leads me to Stephon Gilmore. He was caught on camera seen hugging Patrick Mahomes after the game. Why? Why is this still a thing? Like, yeah, I don't need to. If you're if you're that concerned you. about it, after when the final whistle blows, you just go to your locker rooms. But no, they banned they banned jersey swapping, which is stupid because you've already spent sixty minutes yeah. banging your head against each other. Yeah, sweating, what more? And I mean, on you. Who cares? Like, who cares if I swap I swap my jersey with you? We've already bled and sweat and spit all over each other, so it just doesn't like we talked about a couple weeks ago with the face mask, like and the coaches, like it doesn't matter. I mean, they they were already covering their mouths with their play sheets. You see some coaches having, and they've cleaned it up now after, you know, Gruden got slapped with the fine and I forget who else. But I just, 
I don't know. Sometimes it just what they do doesn't make any sense. Um, well, it's hit me hard because I took Derrick Henry in the first round, and I don't want him to miss another week. I barely squeaked. I just, I won by like three points last week. Yeah, in that league. Like I barely squeaked out that win without Henry. I've got running back issues too. I lost both my starting running backs in last week. I'll, I'll Eckler. I'll make you an offer. Nah. If you're really, you're ready to wave that white flag, man. Just <laughs> I can, I can buy you a nice duvet. We can make an arrangement. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, that thing's getting wrapped up. It, I think Game Five's tomorrow. Tomorrow, Lakers are up three-one. Um, LeBron's closing in on his fourth title. I just Jimmy Butler and and did the Heat have some injuries too? Yeah, say Bam got hurt in like Game One, and he just now came back for last game. Obviously not the same. And then Goran Dragic, you know, it shows he's their number um, points leader. Uh, yeah. Throughout the playoffs, and he's been out. He's probably not going to come back. So, arguably, your two best players. Or they just don't two have of your enough. Top three. Yeah, they just don't have enough. They just to complete. To and complete. they and it would have even healthy. It would have been a. It would have been an upset. I'm just. I just don't like the Lakers getting their way. You know, like oh, they sucked for three years. Well, now they're going to win their 28th title. You know, or whatever. Yep. So it just sucks. Like I'm just a hater. I, I love LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a LeBron hater. I think he's. Obviously, he's on my Mount Rushmore basketball players, but I just hate that the Lakers get their way. And people think, like, we're the Cowboys. We get our way. I mean, we have suffered for 25 years. Like, we're not the same. We're not the Yankees. We're not the Lakers. We're just we're the Cowboys. We're, we're overhyped every year. Yep, and we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, um, sorry, I'm letting my misery get a hold of me in a basketball good. talk. Just hold on just a little bit longer. <laughs> I just want to get mad. Just hold on. We'll let you get there. Um, And real quick, we talked about the Dallas Stars bowing out of the Stanley Cup last week, but I – I saw a stat and I heard a story and it just really got me thinking. Um, so as many as 13 players either missed time or fought through injuries during the, during the, the Stanley cup run. And let me just run through it real quick. And when I get done, let me know if you think there'd be a different outcome. If we didn't have these injuries, Tyler Sagan had a knee, had knee and hip injuries that caused him to miss, that may cause him to miss the start of the 2021 season. So he was battling. Ben Bishop had knee surgery in May, which would have been done in March, but got delayed to COVID by COVID. Jamie Ben played through a shoulder injury. Rope Hintz fractured his ankle and injured his hip. Steven John sat out because he had a he has a uh, history of concussions, so he was concerned for his health. He sat out. Miro uh, Haskinen played through hip issues. Uh, Asa Lindell dealt with a, uh, a hand injury. John Klingberg played through shoulder, shoulder problems. Taylor Fidun suffered a knee injury. Jason Dickinson fought and played through ankle and foot injuries. And Blake Como, he played with a separated shoulder. Yeah, those are I mean, two of our first lines. Those are our two best defenders. And those are like, I would imagine a hip injury in hockey is pretty devastating. Because you the think you, about how much you glide. Yeah. yeah, that's hips. And then hip checking people, like you yeah. know, like that. I think hips are a huge part of playing hockey. So yeah, you have a hip injury, and a you're shoulder, not, you're and not a shoulder injury. Yeah, you can't you can't hit a guy. You can't really catch up. Really, with the anything guy. hand fit, hand ankle foot. I mean, how, I don't I don't know how many times I saw uh, our players blocking shots. 80, 90 mile an hour shots with their uh, feet we were and we skates. were great at that. Yeah, we were great uh, defenders. But I think if we have all those players healthy, if um, we don't win, we at least force a game seven, and that's and we were and, going and in opposite whatever. directions. Anything can happen. We we had injuries piling up, and then they got back Stamkos 
you cool know, even though even bit. though even though he only played, he still played a big role in that one game that. And it probably gave him a huge confidence boost yeah, too to knowing, see the captain out yeah. there. Yeah. So I just man, it, it's the what if, and that's why you saw. That's why Jamie Ben was so emotional in that post game interview because he knows how hard they fought. Yeah. And he probably was thinking all the what ifs, like if we would have been healthy, if if the puck would have bounced this way instead of all those things, because you don't know when you're going to get back. <laughs> If ever. If ever. Yeah. So you, that's kind of why he was so – I understand why he was so emotional now. Um, but, yeah, so that was just kind of a retouch on on Dallas Stars. And I think the Kraken don't come until next year. So we get to shield our players from the expansion draft at least for a year. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So yeah. um, got to win it next year because expansion draft sucks. So do you want to get into some Cowboys misery? I guess. Well, what do you got? First play, Looney sucks. That's the first thing I wrote well, down. Well, lucky, lucky for you, he didn't last long. Yeah, because he got fucking hurt because he sucks. I heard he's a great guy, but come on. And then a trick play, you know, for the first touchdown, where I was like, I was actually hopeful, like, you know, it took a trick play for them to score on us. Little did I know the floodgates were just now opening. But, I mean, there were bright spots. You know, if you want to look strictly at the offense, there was bright spots, but it's this fucking defense. Is well, never going to be good enough. Well, real quick, let's stay on the offense. The offense, they have a small role to play in this too because you cannot turn the ball over. You cannot – if I see Tony Pollard bring a ball out of the fucking end zone again, because our be average starting position is our own 22. If you, take a, knee, yeah. if you take you a knee, if you take a knee, we gain three yards. And that's and that's factoring in all, all the turnovers and everything. Because when's the last time you saw? Or, sorry, a that's not factoring turn. in all the. That's just on on kickoffs. When we when we receive the ball, our average starting position is the twenty two. Stay in the fucking yeah, end zone, most man. Most kickers kick it out, anyways. And then he had another bonehead play, where he let the ball sit, didn't he? I thought that was Seattle. I think he had another one this week. Oh yeah. I don't even know why he's still doing it. I don't want to put I don't want to put CD back there because he's too good of a receiver, but. Maybe Cedric Wilson or Cedric Noah Wilson Brown. Wilson back there. Noah Brown, someone who's big and strong, but he's proven that he shouldn't have that job. I know that. We So the offense, they have a small role to play is well, my point. And like you said, the offense shouldn't turn the ball over, but that is going to happen because that's part of the game. But the defense shouldn't allow them to score every fucking time they get a turnover. No, I agree. If the we, defense if we, has to make some If stops. we're scoring 38 and 42, Three or whatever we scored this week, if we're we should be winning, the we game. should be winning because we shouldn't be giving up forty eight. We shouldn't, but we're also putting ourselves in huge holes. Yep, again. every game but the first game. Um, yeah, it was right before the half, wasn't it? Um, hold on, where did I put? There was a strip sack by Garrett, and then it was a Zeke fumble after a big run. It was turnovers on back to back plays. And I put again, we're losing the turnover battle, and we're going down two possessions, like. Like fucking clockwork is how this year goes. Turnover, turnover. They we're, score off of their turn. Are they score off our turnovers? And before you know it, boom, boom, boom. Because we we're at fourteen to seven, and then they scored like twenty four unanswered points on us. We're negative seven on the turn turnover turnover. I'm ratio. surprised it's not higher than that. To be honest, just from that Atlanta game alone, and it seems like I'm trying to think of when we got turnovers. I'm sure obviously we have a couple, but how many interceptions do we have this year? Do we have any? Uh, Cheeto has one. Cheeto got it. one. That's it. That's it. Cheeto's and got I one. I think Anthony Brown comes back this week. 
Anthony Brown and Cheetah. Uh, Anthony Brown and who's the other one? Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis. I think they're both back this week. Um, LV, LVE was at practice today. Man, uh, I mean, man. it's the, he's obviously doubtful. I heard. I well, I've heard optimistically it would be like almost six weeks because they said the collarbone is the surgery's over and it's healed, but you don't want to go in too early because it could break so easily again. Right. So it could be at like closer to our bye week. I think right. our bye week's eleven, maybe. So you might see like after the bye week him back, but. On paper, I love our linebackers, or I should say I love three of our four linebackers. I wish we could just dump Jalen Smith. I'll keep saying it until he's, his contract expired. That was the worst signing we could have possibly made. That's why you know, wear shirts like this. That Jerry makes me drink. He can't see it, but Andrew's got a shirt on that says Jerry makes me drink. Um, Jalen is – I. I don't think I've seen a player as bad as him. No, man. I mean, he's – At least not a starter. He's – He's lost. He's consistently wrong he's on lost. every play. He's taking bad angles. Uh, and I thought he was going to be a pa- designated pass rusher this year. You know, well, like, think, a, like I, a standing linebacker. Well, I think he was until LVE went down and Sean Lee went down, and we have all these injuries. Well, then they should sign a linebacker, pulling up the practice squad, because he should not be in coverage, and he should not be playing like man defense. He, he can be a pass rusher, and we'll see how he does there. If he can't do that, then we know he's fucking useless. But they're not going to sit him on the bench because of money. That's so bad. You think the Patriots would do that or any other winning organization no. would say, well, he makes a lot of money, so we got to play him. Even though every film you watch, you say, there's a missed tackle, there's a blown coverage, there's a wrong angle he took. I mean, it's just, how many times can this keep happening? And all I can do is, like, be like that kid from Dazed and Confused and just, like, rub my nose together, you know, with, like, my index finger and my thumb, just bring them together and shake my head every time I fucking see Jalen miss a play. So what's crazy uh – and I'm gonna st- I'm gonna go back to the offense, but um, I don't know why um, I don't know why Terrence Steele was in the game uh, against Miles Garrett. He wasn't the whole game though, was he? No. Was- and I'm reading a tweet um, from Michael Gelkin, uh, who works for the NFL Network. And this was uh, the day of the game, uh, before the game. It says Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy told at Boys Vox, which is Brad Sham, in pregame radio show that he wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Knight enters a game at some point, but Terrence Steele will be the right tackle. Yeah, and if you knew, Knight. if you knew, why start him? Yeah, if you have a suspicion that he's going to fuck up and have to be replaced, then why start don't him? Don't even start him. So you're yeah. already you're already coaching negatively. Like that's already a negative. Yeah, in the start. back of your head, you know, at one point, I'm going to have to pull him out. Why even start him? I don't know. At, in, in that, and he's an undrafted rookie. It's not like it's a highly drafted player where you're like, well, or, we put this investment or it's in not even a guy that's got NFL experience. That's what I'm saying. Undrafted rookie. And you're acting like, well, this is our best shot. We got to roll with him. No, he's not, man. That's effing insane. Cause you already knew they weren't going to put him on Tyron on Tyron Smith's side. You already knew that because, uh, miles Garrett is known to move around, which but, is smart. But why would you, but why would he, why would he, why would he go if to I Tyron Smith all day? Yeah. Then you stay on that side. You stay away from Tyron, the future hall of famer who jumping ahead. Did you hear, yeah, probably he's he's out. he's probably out for the year. Probably out for the fucking year. That's two Pro Bowl, one All Pro, future Hall of Famers. Two I, Pro Bowl. I, I think at out. this point with Tyron Smith, we need to start looking. Oh yeah, I look, think he's only like twenty nine, but that body because well, he entered the league at twenty. Yeah, 
That's what um, I'm saying. He's when you see him, he's young, but you're like, yeah. But do you see what he does day in and day out? And I love him. It's like Frederick. Like I wish those guys could play for another five years, but I get it. Their body breaks down, and you can't be mad at them for it. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll moment. move back over the defense. They allowed 307 rushing yards after Nick Chubb went down. They yeah. Had, they had, thanks for bringing that up it? again. Yeah, that's your point. Um, Dearness, Dearness Johnson. Johnson who, he was on a fucking fishing. Yeah, boat. that's what they said. They pulled him off a fishing boat just so he could gouge us for like seven yards of carry. I think he had like thirteen carries for like ninety something yards. They both, both him and Cream Hunt, averaged six and a half or better a carry. You imagine that? Imagine multiple players getting multiple like over six yards of carry on you. In this game, you Jeez. needed you needed Baker Mayfield. To beat you, yeah, that's what because I said. Because you the preview. knew, you knew what was going to happen. You knew they have Stefans- a great run game. You knew Stefanski wherever he went with Bill Callahan, they want to establish the run. And I didn't know they had Bill Callahan. As soon as I knew, that, I was like, well, that's why they're a great running team because that's how he, that's when we were great. They, well, anywhere he, and he then goes. they went to Washington after us, and they were great. So I was like, I wish we still had Callahan, man. You know, Don Terry Poe has been a effing disaster. And Everson Griffin. His one I was job. so hyped up about when we got those guys like those because I guess they were I was thinking big names. I guess I wasn't watching, but <coughs> sorry. They said even in Minnesota last year, like Everson Griffin was still a disruptive, powerful player. And it's like, what the fuck happened? Don Terry Poe's one job is to clog the middle and he is getting manhandled. Yep. He is getting pushed around and thrown around. Yeah, the wrong nose tackle got hurt because I would love to have Joe McCoy right now. At least the but shit, the way it's going, he might have been bad too. I don't know. Snacks Harrison went for a visit in Seattle. Why so did they bring him I, in? I have no clue. I mean, I take a no cap clue. hit and cut one of these guys. Send a fucking message. What they should do is fire uh, Nolan. I swear, if we if we'll get a, well, I don't want to get ahead of, but if if we lose to the Giants, dude, people are going to lose their fucking minds. McCarthy's job's going to be on the line. Should be. I don't care if it's five games in, dude. This is a talented team. Besides our defense. Here's another defense here's, here's another tweet from last week. Not a single Dallas defender finished with a pro football focus grade over 60 and a half versus Cleveland. Brandon Carr and his one snap, who's Brandon Carr is now cut, yep. received a 60.3. Four players received a grade lower than 40. Tristan Hill, Joe Thomas, Jalen Smith, and Tra- uh, Trayvon Diggs. And see, I like Joe Thomas. I like Diggs. I think Diggs is obviously going to learn more, but I think Joe Thomas is – taking on more responsibility he's ever had in his career. So maybe that's overwhelming for him. But he's a great special teamer, backup linebacker. He, he's been thrust in this position because That'd be of Sean great. Lee. That'd be LVE. great if we had Sean Lee, LVE. That's what I'm saying. He could come in for certain packages sure. and run the special teams. Sure, but he's Joe probably, Thomas is a good player. He's just not a – he's not that starting caliber. He shouldn't caliber. be starting. Yeah, he's not that starting caliber, but he's still a good player to have on your team. I think he just got put in a tough spot. And I, I don't know. Seeing go- Tristan Hill, obviously I don't watch the D-line as much, especially right in the middle, but I feel like he he wasn't pissing me off like some of these other guys. Like, no. Like Worley. No. You know, like um, Worley Smith but he didn't should play, not he be didn't, starting. He didn't play well. Tristan Hill didn't play well. But coming from where he came from. Yeah, I and, guess I, I think I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm having low expectations for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely had to step up and play. Um, and uh, going back to talk about Nolan, um, <laughs> it's come out this week that 
apparently the style of defense he calls because i'm reading another tweet right here from uh i think his name is joey x i c k e s the cowboys have chosen to play a style of defense that is structurally unsound and vulnerable to almost any offensive plan of attack because it asks each player to have too many responsibilities because i don't know if you heard um xavier woods come out and he said we're out there for 75 plays we're nfl players you can't expect us to go hard that pissed me off yeah but maybe imagine telling your boss that, like, "Hey, I know I'm getting paid today, but I'm only going to give you seventy percent." Like, man, I take some <laughs> balls to say that on the record. When I heard that, I was like, "Well, then, fuck you, man!" Like, you get paid I to think, play. I think we're another loss away from. In in Mike McCarthy's last nineteen games, he's five thirteen and one. I wonder if he's rethinking this whole thing. If he if he's missing his barn up in Green Bay. No, because he's making millions of dollars. He's thinking, I can't believe these idiots hired me. I think he was full of shit when he met. He All he had to do was impress the Joneses. He just sold them a bag of tricks, man. He told them, oh, I studied everything. I did this. I'm all all, all analytical. I'm going to bring in this coaching staff that we've had. We've had former head coaches. I remember when we announced the new coaches. I was excited, mainly because we gutted the previous coaching staff. But at this point, I miss uh, Marinelli over Nolan. And that's what they're saying, like, they even said, like, with how you're talking about how Nolan's defense is so complicated and so complex. He already said he's not even going to change it. They're not even going to attempt to alter it. What the fuck? We're historically bad. Why wouldn't you? We're on pace to give up the most points uh, for and, a season since our our <clears throat> inaugural year. And it's not even close. It's like it's 150 gonna blow away, more. Yeah. It's going to yeah, blow it's like away. 150 more points than our worst defense ever. You know, and and we, me and you, were in a group chat with Alex. We we're in a group text, and I'm sick of seeing getting on Twitter and people blaming Dak Prescott. Oh, here's one. I got Dak Prescott has 450 plus yards in three straight games. He's the first quarterback ever to do that. Well, and you know, it's not his fault. That blaming, guy is slinging it. They're they're blaming interceptions and want to talk about it. He's throwing the ball 60 times. Yeah, he's forced you, to throw the ball 60. Yeah. When we're when we're putting ourselves in twenty point holes, seventeen point deficits, we're gonna have you have to throw yourself back into it. And yeah, if you're if you're throwing the ball that many times, interceptions are gonna happen. Yeah, it's inevitable. And I don't put that last one on Dak. Amari quit on his route. Yeah. Whether now call it a business decision, call it saying he said, "Oh, you know the the first window closed, so I was trying to race to the second window." I don't care. He quit on that route. He made it, you know, that was on him. Um, and I think there was maybe one more that got tipped or something. I, I can't remember. Yeah, they're not terrible throws he's making. He's not making bad decisions. He's doing every. He's willing this team as close as he can to win. He's dragging this team. Yeah, he is putting he's, this team on his fucking back. He's LeBron in Cleveland in 2007. He's earning every bit of this money he should have got. Yeah. He's um, going to do that. He's getting paid. He is, whether, he is about and, to get you paid. Know, and, I would, and I've heard this kind of thrown around this week. If you're Dak, do you want to stay here? Probably. You've not. already experienced what is it, five years of mediocrity, and yeah. you see, you can kind of see what's in your future. Do you want to stay here? Unless is the is the out. is the lore of being the Cowboys quarterback and wearing the star and everything that comes with it is that worth being mediocre and never playing meaning meaningful football, I or do you need to go to another place that's going to give you a chance to win and give you your money? I mean, it, it honestly draws parallels to Romo. Romo had a, a good career with the shitty defense, 
and drug this team to as many wins as he could for as long as he could. And he got, you know, he got sponsors out of it. He's got a great post. That's how they'll sell it to him is when you wear that star, you're going to get all this extra money. You're going to have a football career after, you know, you're going to have a career after football's over. That's how they're going to sell it to him. But, I mean, you make a good point. Like if, I don't know, what job, like, is a decent team, like, say, say Indianapolis, you know, Phillip Rivers retires after next year. Like, hey, this team's pretty good. We got Quentin Nelson. You know, we got a good line. We got weapons. You want to come to Indy? We'll match anything. We might even go a little bit higher. It's a fucking thought. You know, overall, like, we're just not – we're not a smart football team. No. You know, that's that, – There's no more I've never either. seen in my life a blocked extra point. That turned into a two-point That turned conversion. into a two-point conversion. God, I, I, that, that when I saw that, and I was like, That's another Jalen play. Jalen ran in and tried to – what are you going to do, Jalen, run 80 yards? On a drop foot? You, we have the greatest example of what to do on that play. Leon Lett did the exact same thing. If you yeah. leave that ball alone, it's dead. It's a dead ball unless until you we touch, touch it. it. Yeah, and that's exactly. So what, what are we you going to do, Jalen? Are you going to outrun everybody eighty yards? No, you moron. Leave it the fuck alone. Again, that was just a boneheaded, not knowing what you're doing play, which we have a couple of those every game. We're just not. We we play negative football. We play dumb football. Um, there's a there's. There, there are bright spots, but CD Lamb had a great game. Cedric Wilson, Cedric Wilson, Noah had Brown, a good game. Have you heard too about? I heard a little segment about if you would trade any Cowboy player, who would you trade? And I was immediately like, "Fucking, of course, Jalen, trade Jalen." Uh, no, was on the fan. Yeah, well, you trade him for a seventh just to unload that contract. But um, it was Mike Bassick, who I've liked on the fan. I've always liked Mike and defended him, but his his argument was trade Michael Gallup. Yep. And the way he explained it, he was like, "He's going to get paid in two years. He's going to make anywhere from." You know, thirteen to eighteen million dollars as a great number two or, or number one on some teams, and it's like we already paid Cooper, and we're gonna have to pay C.D. Lamb if you want to keep him. You can't keep three receivers if you trade them now. They were like, "What if you called up uh, San Francisco? You think you get maybe a one, at least their two, and a conditional like four or five? I think you can get a two and a conditional. It'd be it'd be worth it because we just can't keep paying these guys. And I love Michael Gallup. Don't get me wrong, that's my guy. He he the way he goes up and fights for a ball reminds me of Dez. You know, he's that kind of player. But it's gonna come to a point where he's his value is the highest it's gonna be right now because he still has this year and next year. And we, we won't be able to pay him. We just won't be able to pay okay, him. Okay. So why would you not why would you not trade try to trade Amari? His twenty million dollar contract. It's un, like you said, it's with Jalen, it's an untradeable contract. You pay a guy twenty million dollars and he's you would look at okay right now. Do you think Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver on our team? Uh, see that pause. I don't know Not so much. And even if he was, I would say by how much. I think if you're okay, if this was a Madden game, we had our three receivers. Amari Cooper might be like a ninety-two. Mark Gallup's probably like an eighty-seven, and Cooper's like an eighty-three. Or I'm sorry, Lamb. Lamb's like an eighty-three, but he's getting better. So they're all within like ten points of each other. That's what one guy's on a rookie contract, or two are on a rookie contract, and one makes twenty million. If you called up a team, like, hey, you want Michael, you want a uh, Mari Cooper for for a uh, number two? I say no, but I'll give you a number two for Michael Gallup because he makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. I get that, but the trajectory that is, and let me let me think how I can phrase this: where Michael Gallup is now, do you think he could eclipse where Amari is, like in the long run? Statistically, well, just as a player, skill wise. 
Maybe or, not. Or is Amari just that good of a route runner? You yeah, know, Amari's a, a better route. He's a better route runner, and he's and he's. I think he's a little faster, but but I just don't want to give up Michael Gallup. But even when you trade him, but that's why you. That's why he's the bigger value because okay, we've already paid. We've already paid Cooper twenty million. He's a twenty million dollar player. I can trade you Michael Gallup, and I could say, hey, when he's a free agent in a couple years, you can resign him for about thirteen, fourteen million. And we're honestly saying, like, having a conversation of who's better. If they're that close, then I'll take the guy who cost me $6 million less a year. And that's why he has more trade value. So it sucks. I Like I said, I love him too, man. I wish, in hindsight, if, of course, it's hindsight, and they didn't know they were going to get Lamb, you should have never resigned Cooper. But you didn't know that. So I get why the move was made. It just sucks that we have the highest paid running back. We have one of the highest, or one of, because all these new contracts, but top five paid in defensive end which uh, Lawrence has half a sack in the last 11 games there's no production there we have Zeke one of the top paid running backs who's still good but we know when running backs get to a certain point their production just falls off a cliff Mari Cooper one of the top paid wide receivers he might be worth it but it's just but you just compound it with all these other salaries Jalen Smith one of the top five paid linebackers Dak Prescott got about to be a top five uh, quarterback just that's why Jerry makes me drink. He's made the wrong. He's paid the wrong people the wrong amount of money. All right. Well, let me let me read off this stat real quick, and then I want to get back to Jerry just for a second. Uh, I'm reading this off of uh, Blogging the Boys um, on SB Nation, bloggingtheboys.com by David Howman. Um, but it just it'll give you some perspective. Uh, when the 2020 campaign began, this unit was going to be whatever the mishmash parts of the, uh, of parts and plan dictated. Thus far, the result has been nothing short of terrible, to a historical degree. How bad? Four games into the season, including Sunday's embarrassing 49-38 loss to the Cleveland Browns, Dallas has given up an atrocious 146 points. That's an average of 36.5 per game, which currently projects as the single worst scoring defense in team history. To put that into perspective, the Cowboys' previous worst scoring defense contributed to a midseason firing of head coach Wade Phillips, who started 1-7 during a 2010 debacle that ushered in the Jason Garrett era. That infamous season, Dallas surrendered 436 points, 27.3 a game, and finished 31 or 31st in the league in points allowed. Right now, that 2010 defense would be an upgrade oh, by I would love that. almost 10 points. Yeah, ten, take 10 points off the board in every game, and we're in every game. We win every game. Yeah. yeah. Almost. Like so said, that little historically right bad. And this is the new, a new coaching stat. This is supposed to be like, you know, a, a new chapter, like new possibilities and same old shit, man, but even worse. I just... I've, you know, we've done we've we've had different coaches in here, different players. Jerry it's, has been the one constant yeah, um, for the last thirty-one years. For the longest time, I defended it. I didn't defend it. I just kind of I ignored it. I didn't. I was like, hey, you know, we got to play better. We got to get this coach out or this player out. But it's just it comes from the top. It's gonna it's gonna take Jerry letting go of the reins, like when Parcells was here. It's gonna Jimmy. Let, it's gonna take him to die. Yeah, he's gonna, he's have, gonna to have to die. And, 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 gonna and then we've over. got to hope Steven will run it better, which I, th- I, 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 I think faith. we will because yeah. he talked Jerry out of Johnny. Um, he's made him. He steer clear of. He didn't want. Uh, he didn't want To here. You know, but then To again, was great for us though. Don't get yeah, me wrong. He was just a cancer in every Bill, locker room, but guy was great. Bill didn't want To uh, either. 
Uh, Parcells didn't want him. Um, but we've got the Giants coming in this week. Uh, it's going to be a big game with Garrett coming back. Uh, yeah. Um, and Garrett knows where to exploit us. Yeah. yeah I, but I don't think they have the weapons. I If we don't fucking win this game... There will be no more podcast. <laughs> there will be no more Cowboys talk on no, the it'll podcast. No, it will just be an hour and a half of us crying into yeah. the mics. But they're scoring like nine <laughs> points a game or something. So, yeah, they're not even averaging a touchdown. Are they? Um, you know, this is our week to kind of get right, the offense to we get right. To, we this, this defense needs confidence. This defense has to obviously win the turnover battle. I know it's generic to say, but we have to win, We have to make like a three plus three turnover battle here. Because Dan – I was calling him Danny Dimes, like like I'm cool with him. Daniel Jones loves to turn the ball over. Not only just He's interceptions, not good. he will put the ball on the ground like at once a quarter. You know what I mean? Just fucking fall on it. We just have to be there to fall on it. You know, we have to get our cornerbacks just to get an open look, turn their heads like they've at least been doing since Rashard's gone, and force some fucking turnovers, man. Because this offense will not beat you with no Saquon. I don't even know hardly. I think they have Golden Tate and Evan Ingram still and Darius Slayton. I mean, they got decent names, but it ain't our guys. If our offense cannot outplay these guys and our defense cannot stop these guys. They got Devonta is, Freeman, I believe, it's uh, fucking running over. back. Yeah, I mean, Saquon. I'm not worried. I'm just telling yeah, you that's a name. That's their name. Yeah. So, no Saquon. We got to fucking beat these. We got to right the ship. We got, we're got. we in the worst division. Seven wins could, could get us in the in the playoffs. And I know people joke like they don't deserve no, a spot, but if you get in the playoffs, it's like fantasy football. Like we say, if it's a tournament, dude, if you just get in there, everyone starts zero to zero. Yeah. It's, so it's just, a new season. It's a new season. Really, just get what's to the playoffs. Sad is six and 10 could get, a, could get to six thing and done. 10. There's a chance. Yeah. There I, really is. I've like back in the day, I played some like, seasons of Madden where another division had like a 6-10 and 10 team, but that was like, oh, that's video game shit. But no, here we are. It's very 2020. I really think it'll be a 7 win. Yeah. Like 8. Man, you're, you're, you're coasting in the playoffs. That's right. And you get to host the playoff game. And there's going to be some team from the NFC West with like 10 wins that might not even, you know, like 11 and Arizona 11 might be like 9-7 and seven and not make it. And then you got the Seahawks or the Rams or something. They can like you know, eight and eight, and they're the worst team in the division. And it's like, yeah, we would we would get smoked there. All so right. I get I, I get why people say it's unfair, but someone's got to fucking make it. Someone's yeah, that's the rules. That that's the rules. Um, all right, so we're we're heading toward the end here, um, and it's a little different this week uh, for the what are we watching portion of it because we both kind of wa- we both watch the same thing, and that is the Netflix original documentary, uh, the Social Dilemma. Terrifying. It's eye-opening. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it, and I didn't like how it was like a hybrid documentary drama thing. See, I, the, thought I, I, cool. I thought the only part where it helped where was where it kind of broke down and kind of helped illustrate some of the technical jargon that they were talking about as far as like uh, when it had the three dudes in the control, control room. Yeah. And they could see like, okay, well... Uh, we've How noticed he, ads we, to what you're viewing. We've yeah. noticed like he stays on this post for however this long, but he's not looking at this anymore. And it's basically about how like algorithms s- written up to AI, keep you addicted to your screen, uh, run our life without us even knowing it. Yeah. Cause we've all had those moments to where we're talking about core inch Doritos. And then we get on Twitter or Facebook and we see an ad for core inch Doritos. Oh, our phones list. No, there's programs and there's supercomputers out there that know, 
that we're going to talk about Cool Ranch Doritos before we even know. It's like know. a prediction machine, man. Yeah. Um, it's terrifying. It's just, I, I'm not, my kid's going to get a dumb phone. He's not going to have a social yeah. media until high school. Cause I, it, I, it, I want to get a jitterbug. It showed, it showed that guy um, at the end. He's like, yeah, we have rules. He's like, no, no social media until high school. Yeah, he was saying, that was one, he was saying, really, it should be about 16 because he was like in middle school. Did you see that stat? If I could find it real quick about the numbers, about, um, here it is, uh, Young people on social media, it's toxic. And since 2019, hospital administra- admissions for teen girls ages 15 to 19 is up 62%. But girls aged 10 to 14, it's up 189%. Suicide is up for 15 to 19-year-olds 70%. Where to 10 to 14-year-olds, it's up 151% for 10 to 14-year-olds. From 2009? Yeah, from that point on, from when social media really took off. Because now you get all these middle school kids, and it's like, it's so toxic. Like, yeah, it could be cool to be on there, to, like share with your friends, but then it just takes that one hater, that one troll. And when you're that young, you're the most vulnerable person. You're you're your most vulnerable self. Yeah, because w- when we were coming out, we didn't have to deal with nah. that. Like MySpace didn't I would come go around. Well, and you know, if, you know, if something happened then, like that would hurt me. But that was it. Now it's it's so more personal. You know, and they get caught up on on these filters and and, and yeah. the plastic surgeries have yeah, gone they up the because because they want their filter to match the filters. Yeah. That blew my mind. And they're dude. they're living off likes and how many likes they get, and it's affecting it's their self image and their confidence. And I'm just glad I didn't have to deal with that growing well, I mean, up. At least growing up, because like I, I've always had this feeling that it's creating nothing but like narcissists, you know. And I I hate nothing more than a and then going back narcissist. to the you know the mental health thing like. The anxiety and the depression that it uh, stems from it, it, yeah, you know, and, and even they like they had they had former CEOs of like Facebook and Google. former founders of Facebook, Twitter, Google, all Gmail, the big, all these, all these big, big names, names that were all adamant about like you know this is destroying not only like young people's lives, they're like it's undermining social democracy like globally. Well, what yeah, we in the we half of the movie we already know that. And it kind of get and kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Twitter and, and, and how you know the the mainstream media is so and it's not even they're not hiding it anymore they're so pro left uh, and so pro Democrat that they're just pushing these agendas and they're they're banning anybody that that they don't agree with that are that on are the opposite platform? on any of them Twitter. Uh, maybe not Instagram. Twitter's the biggest cesspool right now. See, I don't get on Twitter. Twitter's I'm the, not on I'm on, tw- I'm on Twitter for sports. Yeah. That's where I get a lot of my sports information. I follow, you know, all the writers, the bloggers, you know, I, and that's how I keep up with sports. I don't get into any politics. I don't post on Facebook. Every now and again, I'll post something, a picture of me and Landry or a picture of me and the family. And that's like I've talked about before. I do it just so family can keep up. But I don't. I don't live my life through social media. I don't no. need to. Anybody, like you said, because we didn't grow up with that, so it's not important to me at mm-hmm. all. But there's a whole generation that are being grown on. It's it, something that I do, like consuming. laying in bed at night. I'll look and f- scroll through and and see. I do that with Reddit, but it's more like individual posts sharing their own right, stuff. Right. I don't give a. F- I don't. That's why I told Claire it's all anonymous. I was like, I'm on Reddit and I'll post stuff. I have a page that, you know, I post mainly just memes that I make up. It's like sports memes. Yeah. Or like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, no one knows who I am. That's the beauty of it. I'm not here to self-promote myself. I say, I just do it, you know, to get a, make a few people laugh. And I think I've had like one post get 500 upvotes. And I was like, you like made I'm it on top of the world, dude. I just don't want to live my life on social media. And like, no. there's so many people that if you pulled back that curtain 
and you saw what was really going on, it's not, it doesn't reflect what they post. Yeah, they're only they find that perfect picture. And, and you get those people that only post like when they're on vacation, like, that's not your real self. I just don't want to, I don't want, I don't want people, it, like, the people I want to know about my life, I let them know, like, I share a lot of stuff with you, because you're a good friend, and I feel like I want you to know certain things, especially now that we're getting kind of into this venture together, like, there are certain things that you probably need to know from time to time, but then I'll come to you with other stuff, like, when I was going through, you know, all the anxiety and all that crap with me, I was, you know, I'd talk to you about it. Yeah. The people I want to know... I let know. Yeah, I don't I'm need. I don't need some asshole that I went to high school with that doesn't give a shit. Make me feel like shit. I don't need them to know. Yeah, I don't or need ju- them. They feel to. like they're judging you if you would have shared this. Yeah, or I don't need anybody Fuck to know. That. Yeah, I'm I the keep same all way. my shit in house. Nope, I'm the same way. And Claire's pretty much the same way too. Like she'll get on Facebook, but it's a lot for her business, and then it's like sharing pictures of Elizabeth. That's yeah. You know, we don't put, like when we do stuff. We do stuff. We do family stuff. People probably think we're just hermits, but we obviously do things together. Yeah. yeah. Just, y'all don't need to know about this. Why Why do I want to show you what we did today? I've just never been like that. I don't think I'm so important that I have to tell everyone what I do. That's what I, that, that's exactly how I feel. I've been on social media more because of this podcast and like on, on Instagram, like sharing pictures and kind of networking with different podcasts and like trying to get this thing to grow a little bit. Um, that doesn't sound toxic at all though. That's more promotion. No, it's, and it's kind of the business side of it. And that's yeah, kind that's of, necessary. I kind of enjoy that, you know? And so I've been doing that and that kind of leads us into my next topic. But it free for y'all out there, if you have kids or, or you yourself may need to see this. Go watch the social dilemma on Netflix. It, it'll it's eye it'll open your eyes. It'll it should scare you. Yeah, because of what those big tech companies are doing, and they're saying and like the main point was they're trying to get these regulations passed because they need to be regulated. Yeah, there needs to be. Re- they're like it's, it's the wild west, man. There's no laws because the boom just happened so quick with the internet and everything was money was just pouring in you know trillions of dollars to these people over thirty years. Well, of did the you internet. know? Did you know there's six companies that control the entirety of media print television i didn't but i fucking believe it there's six companies that own the entirety and that oh if you own that you own what people see and believe so you own what you own thoughts people. you own the people yeah jeff bezos owns the washington post yeah i know that and so you think they say any they, you think they're critical of amazon of course no, not of course not they never will be they were like a lot of those paper companies were close to getting shut down, so they have an unlimited source now. He can just funnel in whatever he wants. You know, he can make his own news. He owns he owns his own news. Who was it? Um, the guy that owned like uh, I just remember his last name was Hearst back in the day. That he was like the the guy that owned the media. Rand, uh, uh, William Randall Hearst. William or Randolph like Hearst. Randolph Hearst. Like that was the guy. He whatever news he wanted to put out, it went through him. What was he up with his daughter? Media. Like, didn't his daughter get kidnapped or? wasn't born or wrapped up with some kind of cult or something it's not the stockholm syndrome girl is it uh when we cut i'm gonna look it up because something crazy happened with his daughter william randolph hurst i remember that now she got caught up like in some kind of cult and she ended up I, well i'll look it up after okay. we after we cut um but yeah like i say you own the media you control what people see believe read have access to any facts and they were saying like when there's so much Fake news or misinformation, you don't know what to believe, and that's fundamentally what we need to know as humans is what it can be trusted and what can't be. And when you don't know what to trust, you don't know what to believe. They control everything, man. It's fucking scary. It really is. And it says on here that, you know, fake news on Twitter. This is research they've done, and so they know it to be true. Fake news on Twitter spreads six times faster than true news. 
So that's why you see it so much. That's what gets people galvanized and people talking. You can just make shit up. And one guy was saying, like, say I'm a, I believe that this wild conspiracy, you know, I think he used Flat Earth as a, an example. And he was like, I can go on Facebook and I can start a community and I can say, give me a thousand people that also believe in this. And it'll send you a thousand people that have like-minded thoughts. And you can create a Facebook group. And now you've got this huge conversation going with all these people and all these like-minded people, even though the Earth's not fucking flat. I know it. I hope you know it. But there's people and you could create these groups and spread your word and just then just facebook is it's destroying democracy and it's literally the mecca for for misinformation and twitter just, too and twitter just it, social media dude, i hate social media i really do that's why i don't believe anything i read and these people get sucked in like my I mother-in-law say, take take information you you think is real interpret it for yourself do your own research that's what they were saying that movie. Ta- and take both sides yeah take saying, both sides research, you need to man. like you can't just take we've gotten to face we've value. gotten to this era of tribalism that is going to destroy this country oh, because not the world. <laughs> I think me and you, uh, you're. I think we. I lean more right. I think. I, I don't know if you want to say where you lean, but I'm lefty. I, I think where we've gone wrong is that we can't sit down and have a conversation yeah. anymore. If you don't believe the same thing as me, fuck you. You're my enemy. Yeah, that's when how it's you need become. to be, you need to be getting information from both sides, and then you need to be. But that's the thing; they don't think we're smart enough as a person to take information and make a decision and make an informed uh, thought on what we think about it. Yeah, they have. So to they've tell got. Us to, they've got to tell us. They've got to spoon feed it. Yeah, and they've got to turn us against each other. It's just it's wild, and it, it, it was terrifying to watch that dude. By the end of it, when they're like, "Well, what do you think is the worst situation?" That one guy's like, "Short term, civil war," and then the other person, I forgot what he said, but it was even more terrifying. He was like, "It could be the the end of everything." Yeah, like it could literally tear us apart. It's like you said, it's tribalism. It's built to wedge, put a wedge in us, and just completely separate us. And I was like, "Man, I totally see that," and it's it's terrifying. It's working. To me. It's, it's working. working. It's in the it's in the early stages, but it's so far it's chugging along pretty strong. All right. right. Um, but yeah, it's called The Social Dilemma. It's a... Uh, it's the scariest movie you could watch this Halloween, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so that's going to move us into uh, what are we listening to. Um, I'm going to shout out um, a podcast that has given us some love on um, on Instagram. It's called The Unintelligent Graduates. And it's a couple dudes, and it's kind of like this. They just get on and they chop they chop it up about sports and tech and video games and politics and everything else and uh like i said they've kind of given us some love and some follows and likes on on instagram so i wanted to shout them out and kind of help them grow so uh if you guys like what we do here go check them out you can get them on spotify apple apple uh, podcasts anywhere else you get your, your podcast but uh they're they're good dudes over there they're smart they have good conversation uh so go check them out what about you what have you been listening to I've been listening to about once a year. I take the time out to listen to a album from a band called Sleep. The album's called Dope Smoker. Yeah, and it's like the mecca of stoner metal. It's um, it's actually the album is sixty three minutes long, but it's one song, so it's one song sixty three minutes. <laughs> That's long. gnarly. Yeah, and it's I mean the opening song or the opening lyric after like twenty minutes of just riffing. It's follow the smoke or drop out of life with bong in hand follow the smoke to the riff filled land and it's just their ode to just weed um 
the cool story about these guys is this was their second album they put out and they got a big advance, you know, cash advance for this record. And what they did was they just bought copious amounts of weed. They rented out a castle and then they just went and just recorded this as like their ode to marijuana. And they, they, they recorded it. It's 63 minutes of just like the heaviest, like just loving stoner metal song you've ever heard. And then they went to their, um, they went to the record company. And I was like, all right, we're done. And it's one song for 63 minutes. And the record company was like, you're fucking crazy. You're fired. Yeah. You're never, we're never going to release this. Like, that's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. And the band was so adamant. They were like, no, it has to stay this way. It has, they wanted to chop it up into eight songs. The record label did. They're like, we'll chop it up. You know, like, what is it? Like eight minutes each or whatever. And we'll do it that way. And the band's like, no, it has to stay continuously. One giant song. And um, it actually tore the band apart, which sucks. So that was the last like studio album Sleep put out was Dope Smoker. Um, they never put they they released it one time, and I actually have one of the um, first released copies of it. And I had somewhere in here, and it's gonna like put Elliot through college one day if Stoner Metal ever blows up, <laughs> which is maybe she'll go to community college. But and then they um, another record label actually bought them, bought the bought the rights to it, and then they chopped it up and um, re-released it as this as a um, CD is called Jerusalem and it's just track one, track two, track three, track four, track five, track six, track seven, track eight. But really, if you genuinely want to hear it, it's the band's called sleep dope smoker. One song, 63 minutes is the heaviest thing you'll hear all year. Um, I put after they broke up, the guitars for the band was actually Matt Pike and he went on to go form high on fire, which a lot of people like uh, the drummer and the bass is cause it's a real bass heavy, uh, band because that's how they get like so heavy it's just uh, heavy bass and drumming and then just the guitar is almost like a backup effect the bassist and the guitar um, they went on to form a band called Ohm just O-M that's another really good band if anyone's into that I know I think Ryan might be the only other person I know other than that would listen to this that's heard them maybe Zach um, Ohm's a really good band O-M and um, just really good stoner metal like right. I, I, once a year I gotta put it on and just just listen to it continue. You have to hear it continuously through. So, anyways, just real. Well, it sounds like you didn't have a choice. Like it's just one song. It's one song, man. Sixty-three minutes long. There you go. Treat yourself. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week's episode. Again, um, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, all the downloads, uh, all the support we've been getting. Um, if you have any comments or questions, please uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at uh, the dad lab pod at gmail.com and if you haven't already or if you do us a solid and go on apple itunes and drop us a drop us a rating and review we'd really appreciate it uh but for matt i'm andrew we're out